The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. <laughs> I don't know why I get surprised when that little intro tape finishes. I take a puff yeah. on my vape, I blow it out, and then sometimes like we're on. It's a challenge for you. You you want to see how late you can be. Uh oh. Is your internet playing up? I don't know, mate. I don't know. I've got no signal issues. My end. You went a bit meh, meh, meh. for me then, okay. though. I don't know if. Uh... Well, I'm fine on my end, so it must be. Uh, yeah, you. Um, I think it's a challenge for you to see how late you can vape and still be able to look professional. And yeah. you failed. I fa- every single week I fail. Because we go on air, like it's Edge's entrance at the Royal Rumble. Right? Yeah. <laughs> on this day. <laughs> and there's me just going, waving my arms around, trying to clear the smoke as quickly as possible. Go <laughs> like that, like, you know. Oh, yes. But ayo, ayo, ayo. Magsy, Magsy, we have got such a busy show this week, haven't we? We have. Oh, my yes. word. We've got a pimple dip coming up very, very soon. I don't know where it's going to lead me, but I'm a little bit cross, a little bit miffed, a little bit upset, but we'll see where we go. I don't plan these things out. I just start talking and I forget, I'm <laughs> probably going to get myself in trouble, but we'll see. Oh, oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. We have Hall of Lame back again for the first time in a little while. A couple of entrants <laughs> getting thrown into the Hall of Lame. We have two wrestling matches to look at and a big, massive bumper, massive bumper non-wrestling topic talking about embarrassing cringe-worthy moments so and of course we have chicken news do we we do this week do we not we'll see we'll We'll get to that we'll get to that we'll get to that i hope so because it's part of my entrance part of my intro reel that i'm about to do right now Wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from, this is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media Production, episode 125. I am Sai, and with me as always is the US Express to my sweaty mess. My goodness, it's warm. The Nikolai Koloff Volkov 
Brilliant. Nick off? Bar? I don't know. Basically, I'll just use that because it just rhymes with you Tory bastards. You need to fuck off. A podcaster who I hope has some good chicken news this week. See, I wrote it into my intro. So you must have something for me now. Otherwise, this is going to mean nothing. The pod farmer himself, Lord Mags. How are we, my friend? I'm doing good. I think I'm as much of a sweaty mess as you are today. It's, mm. uh, it's currently 26 degrees at oh. nine o'clock in the evening. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's been great. I had a lovely Father's Day yesterday. Uh, I got I had to share it with uh, one of the grandkids because it was her birthday. So that made mean it meant it, the emphasis wasn't on me so I could get away with it because I yeah. don't like being the centre of attention. You know me. Oh, okay. I had to fade into the background. <laughs> but it's been good. Oh. I'm loving the sun and then the 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 thunderstorms that follow it it's been brilliant uh, we only get like one flash of lightning or one rumble of thunder and we're thinking oh here it comes and then it rains for like two seconds and then it goes away again and it's like well what's the point why, why even do it if it's going to be like that even the thunder and lightning doesn't want to go to gloucester that's oh, how bad it is i just set these things up without even thinking i'm through don't i and you, you just said knock them out of the park and ins- insult <laughs> insult my favorite wrestlers, insult where I live. It's just terrible, mate. It's just terrible. Have you got chicken news for us this week, then, my friend? Before I go all ranty or not? Um, I can try. I mean, I don't really have any, but we'll, it's a thing okay. now. So we're better. Well, than I, I thought. I thought. You know, chicken news with Max only on Chain Wrestling. Thought bloody nothing. That's what you thought. Um, I, I thought I thought that you were going to have new chickens delivered. That's what we no, were waiting on last I week. I am I'm actually fuming about this because there's been no word from my chicken supplier, oh. <laughs> for what for want of a, a better term. Um, but I did say that he's he's getting a, a delivery from out, outside rather than like uh, his own hens. So. It is what it is. If he's been delayed, then we've been delayed. Uh, I can scrape the barrel of chicken news, I suppose. So we've had some um, very changeable weather. One minute it's been incredibly sunny, the next minute it's been absolutely pissing down with rain. Now, the chickens, for some weird reason, absolutely love the rain. Okay. They hate what they, so uh, in, in the coop, uh, you land the base with... Uh, with something like pebbles or, or kind of gravel or wood chips, because if you just leave plants they'll uh, or grass, the chickens will just destroy it and they'll just eat a lot. Um, so we've got wood chips down, uh, and what you have to do with wood chips when it's really hot, you've got to keep them wet. So you get a hose pap and you spray the coop down. And they hate that. The chickens absolutely hate it. They'll run away and they'll hide. <laughs> okay. But, but it pisses down with rain, and they're out there thinking it's a, a jolly old time. Like feathers all dripping, all stuck to them. Like they look like they've uh, they, they just look like they've been drowned rats. But but they they absolutely love hanging out in the rain. But they do. There is one problem with it. So chickens scratch. That's how they keep themselves uh, busy. Uh, they look for like uh, worms or or gravel to to help them like digest the food. So what happens is with the wood chips is they'll they'll make. Uh, little holes in the in the in the ground and and there'll be mounds of wood chips but when it rains these holes have been filling up like fucking puddles <laughs> so over the last three or four days uh i've had to rake over the 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 wood chips 
a good 10 times to fill in these puddles. And you go back an hour later and they've done exactly the same thing again. Because chickens are bastards. Selfish they are. I'm <laughs> glad I eat the babies. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, that's today's chicken news. <laughs> See, I was hoping it'd be something cheery, like you've had your new chickens and you're, you know, feverly loved up and stuff. Oh, I, I love them chickens. Uh, and in fact, um, uh, King's Pigs Butters, uh, with his first comment, said, my name's Mr. Mags and I wake up every morning to feel and care for my chickens. True. I talk to them. I absolutely do. I sing to them. I do not sing to them. Uh, and I consider them part of my family. Yep, I've told the wife she is now eighth in, uh, ninth in line with all the grandki- uh, grandkids <laughs> and chickens. Um, welcome to Chicken Wrestling Live. Um, but uh, as I was saying to you before we started recording, the wife did say we should get the chickens a radio for in their coop because she thinks that they'll be uh, bored and lonely at night time when they when they're going in there to roost. So she tried to get me to get them a radio. That's fantastic. And I thought this would be a bit of fun. People in the CWF, let us know what you suggest. Uh, whether it's a radio station or or even a specific song you think the Mags' chickens would enjoy. What would they like to have played to them, day or night? Or Surely it'd be, the, it'd be the, the birdie song, wouldn't it? The birdie song. Well, potentially. Potentially. <laughs> Any suggestions, CWF, in the chat, please let us know for that. Uh, speaking of the chat, Magsy, should we see who's joined us early on before we dive on into... Again, a jammed episode of Chain Wrestling this week. No, not not just yet. I think you should be uh, telling us about your weekend and what you got up to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went to Sheffield. It was lovely. And that's the end of that story. No. What were you doing in scruffy old Yorkshire? Well, my amazing wife, Sharon, as people know, her, it is a writer. She has written books and stuff and is very clever and creative. She's written books and stuff. And she was a signing author at a book event at Bramwell Lane, Sheffield United's football ground. It was uh, a debut signing for the person who organised it. It was very busy. It was sold out. Um, there was no more tickets available for readers to come in and, and meet the authors and so on. And it was... First of all, amazing from my standpoint, seeing my wife. I mean, honestly, it's like she's a, it's like she's some sort of minor celebrity in this world. It's incredible. Seeing people go up to my wife and she's got her table set out to the same as all the other authors with the books out, the, the, the merch out and all that. And people are happy to meet her because they've read her book and loved it. And they're sign, she's signing the book for them. And, all, and, and it was just absolutely fantastic. I was so proud of her. It was incredible. Uh, our good buddy, Dan Griffin, joined us as well because the... Uh, the event was done uh, in part or in in a huge part for an epilepsy charity. So Dan joined us to help out and did an amazing job selling raffle tickets there as well. And yeah, it was just a, it was just a great weekend all round. We had a few drinks on the Friday, met the uh, the other authors and the photographer and all this sort of stuff. People involved in the signing, and then went to the signing all day Saturday. And then Sharon drove back Saturday night after that very busy day as well, which is you know it's a good three hour trek for us from mm-hmm. Sheffield so the fact that she did that as well was amazing so yeah incredibly proud of my wife incredibly proud of my middle daughter Livy who went along and helped out as an assistant to Sharon as well and Dan was fantastic also it was, it was a great weekend and really really good stuff so yeah that's brilliant and you only got charged family rates for a photo with your wife yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will say where she signed. When you sent, when you showed me the picture, um, yeah, it was amazing. Just the the reception she got. Like I said, she's like a, a mini celebrity in 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 the author circle. So yeah, brilliant. Yes, really, yes. really proud of you. And obviously, when I say signed, you know, it was cold. She can only initial it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also, it was nice as well seeing Dan. Uh, I haven't seen Dan since we, we met up in York, had a few beers and so on. And there's a we'll dive into the chat now because there's a comment referencing that because Charlie did Dan a painting that he finally received as well. Oh, wow. So That's shall amazing. we scan through who has joined us before we crack on? Yes, we can. Uh, we shall. Uh, like I said, Kingsbury Banner dropped the 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 first chat, and it's so good. I'm going to be- repeat it. It's how my name, Mister Mags. I wake up every morning to feed and care for my chickens, talk to them, and even sing to them. I don't sing to them, um, and consider them part of my family. Welcome to Chicken Wrestling Live, uh, Dan Griffin. Hello, sir. We've just been talking about you. Uh, even the CWF respect the legend, or if not. You can go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Kings Pigs Matter, evening, Dan. Uh, Sharon, hello. Oh, should I say Miss Correa? Correa. Correa. Miss Correa. It's Monday night. There's only one out of two of us. He's got one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday night. You know what that means. And uh, she says hello to the, the rest of the CWF. Connor from uh, Connor Knows Footy. Uh, hello, Mags and Sarah. How are you this afternoon? We are very, very well this evening. Uh, sweaty. To, well, sweaty but happy. Um, Kingsford's about to say hi to the CWF as well, as is Scottish Danny. And Scottish Danny, don't be a jabroni to society. Uh, apparently, the Iron Sheik said that, but I don't know if that's accurate. Uh, Charlie in the chat. Hello, Charlie. How are you? And... Um, Dan, um, saying hi to Charlie as well. Thank you so much for my painting. And Sarah finally remembered to bring me. Yeah, see, this is the thing. Charlie painted Dan a little canvas. Uh, it was the TARDIS from Doctor Who in, in like the space in space behind it, flying on the line. It was a really good little bit of art and all that. And I felt really bad because she actually painted it about a week ago and it took me that long to get it to him. So I was gutted about that. So you just you just procrastinate so much. Anyway, someone in the chat's going to jump in and tell you the truth in a minute, I expect. But carry on with this first. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this out of the way before you shit on Sarah. Uh, <laughs> Facebook user, I love you all, and RRP Iron Sheik, we love you as well, Facebook user. Unless you're Fred West, and then we don't care for you that much. Um, that would be some signal if that was Fred West, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's some it powerful was. Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, Dan Griffin asked the pertinent questions. Sir, have you been in TK Special Sugar? <laughs> no, I don't know. What's up with me tonight? I'm just excited about it. <laughs> and Scottish Danny follows up saying, that Special Sugar is no longer going to do the trick now that TK has another show to book. He might be on meth. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Griffin says, I should play the chickens anything by wings. That's a uh-huh. good shout. Yeah. And Connor says the chickens will enjoy the bird is the word. Is the word. Because you they're go. birds, you know. That's exactly the sort of thing we're after. Keep them coming, CWF. Uh, Facebook user, uh, again, do, we don't know if it is or is not Fred West, uh, but they're on Facebook now. We'll be heading over to YouTube shortly. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hope it's not Fred West on signing up on YouTube. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kings Pigsmanner says, Bratars from Watership Down. Don't let Ooh. a lot of the animals die in Watership Down. Yeah, oh, it's quite sad, sorry. isn't it? 
I don't really want my chickens dead until they finish laying eggs. Mm. <laughs> Dan Griffith says, me and Sarah were actually responsible on the Friday and didn't get so leathered. We were no use. You did So you got leathered, but just not so leathered that you were useless. There's numerous different levels and stages of drunkenness, I find. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we were relatively sensible. Nere, cheery. Yeah. Half cut, arsehole. Yeah. And, and then sigh state. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon says that Yvonne has already booked Dan for Shrewsbury. She absolutely loves him. I mean, how, how can you not love Dan? We, everybody go. loves Dan. Of course. And Dan says, I can neither confirm or deny my presence in Shrewsbury. Um, oops, I think Sharon, I've spoken too much. And if you look at Sharon's uh, picture there, there's the little group in, in the oh, in the thumbnail. Yeah, look at that. Uh, five Nerds go and says, this is why I used to podcast in my boxes and sometimes not even your boxes. And I've been to be fair. privy to those podcasts. To be fair, they can't see us from the waist line. Yeah, because apparently I've got no legs. That's, that's, <laughs> that's been the, the rumour. Uh, Your boxes have just fallen off. Without you... legs to hold the... Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and are your boxes held up by your legs? Yeah, because I've got big fat thighs. And not by you, so just they dangle down from your waist and yep. and your ass. So your ass is out on shore, and it's yep. just your legs that's holding your boxes. Your ass and whatever trousers <laughs> I put on over the top, they hold. My <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they're hanging down like a, a pair of knee pads. Yeah, pretty much, right? Pretty much. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, Dan Griffith says the canvas is now proud and placed next to his TV. Oh, that is absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, Sharon, a week <laughs> it said Merry Christmas on it. <laughs> that is this amazing. Is on the back, it said to Dan, Merry Christmas from Charlie. <laughs> a week, a fucking week, sir. Absolute bullshitter. Um, Matt Lewis, uh, and uh, now I'm here. And I have been called many things, Mags, but never Fred West. I didn't say you was. I said you. I couldn't confirm or deny that you was Fred West, but it's a pleasure for you to be here, sir. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Dan Griffin says, Say still upset that Sharon didn't nick the mini magic glass from the bar. Yeah, it was a cool little point glass, that was. It would have replaced your Hulk Hogan glass that you smashed. Yeah, and my Guinness Red one. My Guinness Red one was one I loved the most. And is that broke as well? That broke a little while ago. Yeah, that was a sad day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be laughing at your at your heartache. Uh, Sharon, my bag was making its debut uh, that night. No beer glasses were were going to touch it. Oh, she got a new bag for a for a book signing. Yeah, I'd have I'd have tried the. I'm not being funny. I'm not going to leave beer in a glass. It would have been dry. <laughs> it, it would have been ready to put back on the shelf by the time you finish with it. Uh, Dan Griffith says you're not fooling anyone, sir. We know your shirt cocking it. <laughs> Should I stand up and sit? No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Matt Lewis, and this is the last one for now. Says interesting that it doesn't distinguish between me and Tyler who was watching on Facebook too. And that is why we say to put your name in because Facebook yes. is a, is a dick when it comes to this kind of thing. 
Indeed, there is the option to give StreamYard permission via your Facebook when you comment. If you're watching the show via Facebook, for anyone who may well be or who has been or may in the future, you need to give StreamYard permission, and then it will give us your name in the chat, or you will simply come up as Facebook user. If you don't wish to give StreamYard permission, which is absolutely fine, I can understand why, just put your name at the end of the comment, and again, we know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, and I mean finally this time, Matt Lewis, Mama's got a brand new bag. There we go. There you go. There you go. You guys are amazing. That's amazing chat. Uh, Keep it up, guys. Yes. Love you lots. Love you lots. We would love to have from you songs for Mags's chickens. Songs for chickens. (laughs) Iron Sheik famous or your most favorite quotes and tweets Mm -mm, from Iron mm -mm, Sheik mm -mm, during the show. mm -mm, mm -mm. No, you wouldn't want to leave that till later. Just don't start chipping in with quotes just yet because. Okay. Magsy's got some up his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Five days ago, me logging in next week as Fred West. Can you imagine? Uh, what a He was not a nice man. I don't think we should be. <laughs> uh, that's oh, the dear. worst thing that's ever been said about Fred West. He was he not was a, a nice man. He was a bit of a scamp. Good builder, though. But anyway, um, before <laughs> before we get on to something a little bit more chirpy, Magsy, you better play that old jingle, I'm afraid, my friend. I know. You've got you, a weren't, alert. you weren't even sure that you were going to do this, so I, I feel this is going to be good. Pimple alert! Oh, a teeny weenie. So then, so then. First of all, before anyone uh, starts chiming into the chat, um, speaking about different sides and different opinions and so on, I want to let everyone know that when it comes to chain wrestling, this is not a show where we discuss politics, religion, or anything like that. Everyone has the right to believe, follow, or vote for who they wish. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions and so on. Absolutely fine. However, that said, I feel I have to pass my comments, my thoughts, and so on, on this party gate video that people are discussing online. I wasn't too sure what it was until I clicked on the hashtag. Because again, I don't really watch the news. I try and steer clear of a lot of things like this because I find it quite depressing. I'm not going to lie. It can be quite, it can, it can grind you down. And what I was greeted with um, initially made me really, really angry. And then it made me quite upset, Magsy. You know, a little bit emotional. And then sadly, the anger came back. Because what I was greeted with was a video of, and I'm sure most people are aware of it and have seen it and so on, was effectively a video of people at a Christmas Tory party having a good old whale of a time and flying, you know, basically ignoring all the lockdown rules, ignoring all the social distancing, ignoring all the stuff that we went through and many people suffered through. That is bad enough. We've all known something like that happened because they were investigated for it uh, and so on. But what really hurt was how these people laughed about breaking the rules. You can hear a quote on the video as two people drunkenly swing around with each other, dancing and hugging each other and so on. And also other people are hugging each other, chatting, and in no way, shape or form, in any form, social distancing or being cautious in any way with masks or anything like that. 
Uh, and again, and this is at an event that I found out today. I don't know how true this is. I'm not investigating this. So if I'm incorrect, please, uh, you know, accept my apologies. This, the, the invite was something like jingle and mingle or something like that for, was written on the invites to, to the various members of the toy party that were invited to this. Somebody pointed out that this was being filmed. There's a voice saying, what are you filming this for? I hope that's not on, on film. Somebody else responded, oh, it's for a party something or other. And then we heard another voice stating, well, as long as you're not streaming it, because we don't want people to see us blatantly bending the rules. And then everyone laughed. Now, that same day, people died. Mm -hmm. That same day, people people put their loved ones to rest and were only allowed six, six family or six friends at the funeral for social distancing reasons. That same week, there was a horrific video somewhere online of a woman who I think was in her late 50s, early 60s, in the hospital alone. She couldn't have family or friends visit her. She had been there for a fortnight and she passed away. And the nurse was trying to get a video link up to her young children to be able to speak to her before she went. And these children were asking the question, why can't we speak to mummy? Why can't we see mummy? And this poor family... This poor family suffered through this, this person passing away. And whilst this is going on, that same week, these tough, Tory, posh bastards rolling in money that they've stolen from us in the fucking first place are laughing about what they're doing. They're joking about what's going on. People lost their lives. People lost their jobs. I lost my job. You know, I got made redundant. Somebody I worked with got made redundant and his, he had a newborn baby. We didn't know where our next paycheck was coming from. We didn't know when we could pay our next, uh, you know, our, our, get our next food order in because we weren't allowed to go to the shops and fucking buy it. You know, it was a horrific time. And then these assholes are just breaking the rules that they have set. You know, and I'm not going to get into whether it's right or wrong, whether COVID was a conspiracy or not, whether vaccinations are a conspiracy or not, well, and all that bollocks. I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested in is quite simply right and wrong. And these assholes are wrong. And they, seeing that video uh, uh, and hearing the audio uh, of different people being heartbroken that they couldn't see family members, children crying because they couldn't understand why they couldn't go see their grandparents or their friends. I mean, my kids, I love my kids to bits and they're fantastic, brilliant, bright, outgoing children. Socially it affected them for so long. And not just my kids, other people were affected far worse. And these fucking assholes, these Tory tough pieces of shit are laughing at us whilst this is going on. <laughs> and there's a couple of questions that arise from this for me. The Met Police investigated this. Charges, you know, they, they wanted to bring charges up or however it would. They were, they were looking, they were investigating. They had this lady, I think her surname was Gray. Is that correct? Sue Gray? Is that the right name? Yeah, she was not anything to do with the Met Police. She was... Uh... No, she, she did the investigation, though, didn't she? Her own... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and she, that was published um, in May 2022 or May or, or maybe even a month before that, potentially. It took a few months to investigate from Christmas and so on. And it, it, these, these these things have been out there for a while. But they're seeing this video and they're openly laughing. Mm -hmm. 
And then these people now are getting given honours by other twisted, crooked, and that's what they are, they're crooks, they're thieves, they're liars, you know, these assholes. And they're, and they're on X amount of money, crazy amounts of money to do this. And they're laughing at us as people are dying. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I don't really know what, what I was planning on accomplishing with this rant, but I felt I had to get it off my chest. I had to speak out to, uh, uh, we've got a very small close knit family here on chain wrestling. We've got a very small close knit group of people who tune into the podcast, join us live and so on. I, I want, I felt I had to get across my thoughts on this to somebody and just ranting to my wife is unfair. So I thought I'd rant to my wife and everyone else in the chat too. But uh, <laughs> it made me cry, Magsy. Mm. It broke my heart. Yep. And you've got these assholes behaving that way. Uh, all I can say is, I mean, first of all, the one guy, um, I can't remember his surname now, but the guy with the braces who, who's being honoured in the thing, uh, he he was there openly laughing and joking. You can see him in the video quite clearly with a pair of braces on and a drink and, ho, 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 and all the tough nose bullshit they put off. I mean, first of all, you know, a man of that age wearing braces without a medical reason or a work reason, he's a nonce. Let's be honest. Look at the state of the fucker. Look what he's wearing. Do you know what I mean? A man of that age, you wear a fucking belt to get your trousers up. Grow up, you prick. Okay. He's laughing and joking. Oh, yeah, oh, who cares? There's another picture where they're all lined up, hugging each other around a cake or around the food or something like that. All breaking the social distancing rules. People fucking died and these assholes laughed at us. So to me, I don't know what, again, I don't know what I want to accomplish with this. All I can say is I hope out there that people people see this and see how they how they have treated everyone in the uk how they have shit on us from a great height and then laughed at us about it mm-hmm. and i hope that if you don't vote if you've never voted before because i know some people don't and that's your choice but the next time we get an election use your vote use your vote and these assholes these absolute shitbags they need they need stopping because they're laughing at us as our friends and family die and then the anger part of me takes over. And this isn't sensible. This isn't, you know, it's logical or even it, it probably won't even play out because I can't imagine that anyone you know, from that party or anyone from that group of people breaking the rules will ever see chain wrestling or hear chain wrestling. I mean, I hope people cut this and share it all over the world. So, people, so maybe they will. I don't know. But the chances of them hearing it is incredibly unlikely. First of all, because our reach isn't very big. And secondly, I imagine it would take a huge effort to get any of these dirty, cheating little fuckers to turn away from the kiddie porn they watch at night to put something else on their laptops. Okay? So it's going to be difficult because we're battling with their fucking pedo porn they're watching every night anyway. So they've got no extra internet time left. But if they do hear this, I just want to say this. If by some wild stretch of the imagination, some crazy coincidence, I walk down the street and I happen to see one of these people, I want to make it absolutely clear. I will punch you straight in your fucking face. I will break your nose. I will spin your jaw. I will make it so you're spitting up blood and choking on your own teeth. And I will punch you again and again until I am fucking stopped. That's how angry I am. And okay, some people now take this as me on the internet threatening people. I just want to make it absolutely clear in case there's any grey areas and, and people are concerned about what I said. Yes, that is a fucking threat. And not only that, it's a fucking promise. I am that angry and that cross <laughs> and that genuinely upset. These assholes, they need fucking stopping. They are scum. They are scum. People were dying and they were laughing. Absolutely vile. And again, I apologise for 
losing my temper and lowering the tone and ruining the the happy mood we had i suppose magsy so i'm ready to move on if, if you're yeah you've nothing to apologize for you're saying what the majority of the uk are saying people are incredibly angry about this because it has affected so many people personally i mean the the amount of um controversies that you get in in government and in in politics usually go by the wayside because people aren't usually personally affected we are we have all been affected by this all of us we all had to sit inside rattling and going mental uh and having breakdowns because of of covid and because of the lockdowns whilst these people had parties we all have had someone or know of someone who couldn't attend a funeral yeah or couldn't have weddings or birthday parties or even visit friends and families and these people were getting sloshed up on on wine and um, i i don't want to kind of be political about it um i know that you uh did go on a rant and 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 a very fair rant but the these people whether conservative labor lib dem greens these are people are so privileged that they they just cannot put themselves in in the shoes of people like us in the we are serfs to to people like this we are mm-hmm we we they they look down on people like us and rules don't apply to to them no, they exactly. apply to us um and i'm always uh i always remember a couple of really horrific um stories about covid and and why it's really important that these people are held to account um there is a a woman uh, who whose child contracted covid um and he, he i think i think his name was mohammed al al shabari i think uh, i'm probably butchering that uh okay. but he was 17 years old and his mother couldn't even say goodbye to him whilst he passed away alone in a hospital 17 years old he was the youngest person to to die of covid and then uh, another story where a, a young couple uh, had their wedding postponed twice because of, of lockdowns. And that couple could not ever get married because the, the lady unfortunately caught COVID and died. So, yeah, it's it's touched so many people personally all around the world. And these guys scoffed at their own rules and just have took no accountability of it. So I think you're absolutely right to to uh, be angry. And as the as the chat shows, everybody is in full agreement with you. So that's a, a very apt pimple dick for me. Very, very apt. Oh, thank you. And again, I apologise for losing my temper a little bit and getting a bit emotional and carried away. Like I said, uh, when I started, I don't, I don't make notes. I don't plan this sort of thing. I just feel passionate about <laughs> it when I, start, when I started talking. I, I don't make notes, mate. Fuck all. Let's be honest. You've heard my podcast. But <laughs> but uh, when I started 
talking. I didn't know where I was going to go. But it, what came out of my mind, I stand by. And I apologise if it offended anybody, apart from them pricks at that party. <laughs> but there Agreed. we go. Shall we move on, Mags, to something a little bit happier, a little bit smiler? Do you want to do non-wrestling topic or Hall of Lame, my friend? What do you want to do? Well, whoa, we're not breaking with tradition. It's Hall of Lame next, sir. Okie doke. <laughs> the Hall Go for it, Magsy. What you got for us? So, as I said before the, the, the music, um, we're not breaking tradition. I'm a stickler for tradition, and I'm a stickler for the rules. You know that. Uh, the whole of the CDF know that. If we have it as a rule, it's not bendable in my eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this week, I'm, I may bend it. I may bend it a little. Okay. Um, so, June the 7th, um, the wrestling world was dealt a massive blow. Um, one of the biggest characters in wrestling, sadly, passed away. Um, the Iron Sheik. Mm. Um, just a massive, massive loss to uh, the wrestling world. Um, so I wanted to kind of flip the Hall of Lame on, on its head over this because normally we use the Hall of Lame as a way of pointing and laughing at the ridiculousness of uh, of wrestling. Yep. We, for instance, the Stalker. We fucking had a jolly good laugh at him. Oh, gotta bring Barry up. I gotta <laughs> gotta throw some shade at old Barry. Look at this 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 this, this outline this this background that you know the, the Photoshop wizard himself, King's Pig Bladders, has made us. Look at Barry in the bottom corner there, a young Barry from eighty five, eighty four. Look at his golden hair. That's some real sweet water from Texas. That is, mate. Look at that. And you and you got to throw shade at this young man. To each their own. But we've we've thrown in things like Mantar. Max yes. Moon, the multiple gold dust iteration. <laughs> yes, seven. <laughs> so, um, for the, for this week's Hall of Lame for me, I, I'm putting in the fact that the the Sheik has passed away because I think it is yeah. a, a Hall of Lame worthy entrant. But I did say I wanted to flip the Hall of, of Lame on its head, and what I actually want to do is is go through what. Or go through a tiny little bit of what um, kept uh, the Iron Sheik relevant for for so so long, because many wrestlers who have had their career in the um, late seventies, early eighties, kind of faded away into into obscurity. But the Sheik was was relevant all the way up till the day he died, and that's because he is the best Twitter account known to man. Now. Scrolling through all his Twitter account, it's an absolute gold man, and we would be the ear all day. So I wanted to kind of condense it a little bit and um, and kind of like mold two um, topics that are very near and dear to to the hearts of the CDF. So I thought I would use um, the, the the thoughts of of, of Iron Sheik's tweets. And his his uh, mindset on rock music. So oh, luckily, so for <laughs> luckily, there is a, a a website called ultimateclassicrock.com that have uh, that have basically gathered 
the 60 greatest music related tweets from the Iron Sheik. So I thought I would read some of them out. So the first one there, Gavard, was Desperado, why don't you come to your senses, you dumb son of a bitch? <laughs> then I want to rock and roll on that and go fuck yourself every day. <laughs> I love the rock and roll, but the fucking jukebox, baby, costs more than a damn. Get your shit together, John Jet Bubba. <laughs> if you don't like the Steely Dan, you can go fuck yourself. And he follows that up with Steely Dan, the real. Bon Jovi, Bubba. You embarrass me. You do the here comes the sun. Next time I see you, here comes the suplex on your fucking head. <laughs> Our camel clutch John Bon Jovi in a bed of roses. <laughs> John Bon Jovi, Bubba, you are good, but we all know you give love a bad name, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> we built the city on rock and roll and beating the fuck out of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> If you see a red door and you want to paint it black, you can go fuck yourself forever. <laughs> when I'm feeling blue, all I have to do is take a look at you. And then I'm not so blue. Because Hulk Hogan, I beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> fuck the groovy kind of love. <laughs> oh, bloody. Oh, bloody. Life can go fuck itself. Oh, God. Here, there, everywhere. Go fuck yourself. I prove it all night, Jabroni. How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must a Jabroni white dove sail before she can sleep in the sand? How many times must the raisin balls fly before they're forever banned? My, the answer, my friend, is go fuck yourself. The answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite so far. If there was something in the air that night, and the stars were bright than Fernando, you dumb son of a bitch. She wanted to have the sex with you, Jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> At Bob Dylan, the times are a-changing, or the times are worse than the Jabroni Hulk Hogan. Fuck the town. <laughs> As my guitar gently, go fuck yourself. Hello, At Mick Jagger. If you know it's only the rock and roll, but you like it, then what the fuck is the big deal? <laughs> Hello at you two. <laughs> Still haven't found what you're looking for. It's time to look for something else, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Hello at Sticks the Band. If you need to ask someone more than three times to come sail away with you, then you clearly don't get the message she doesn't fucking want to. I love the Saturday night. Not the same way like the Elton John, but still is okay. Hello at Rod Stewart. Have I told you lately to go fuck yourself? <laughs> at Pat and Oswald. The original title of Bob Seger's We've Got Tonight was Come on, you said it perfectly, Bubba. Under the bridge, downtown, that's where I drew some blood when I beat the fuck out of that Hollywood blonde jabroni, Hulk Hogan. It's times like these I want to suplex anybody that is a jabroni. If you could read my mind, 
it would tell you to go fuck yourself. Bloody hell. Before you accuse me, take a look at yourself, you dumb son of a bitch. Objects in the rearview mirror, go fuck yourself. Respect the Boz Skaggs music, otherwise I suplex you. Bruce Springsteen is the legend of the earth. <laughs> Which uh, Grateful Dead song stole your heart? I love the Uncle John band, Bubba. Kid Rock, Iron Sheet class. Still, I can suplex him and break his neck, but happy he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Respect the fish, otherwise I suplex you. If you don't love the Dave Grohl, go fuck yourself. If you can't ride the skateboard and drink the Ocean Spray Cranberry Cocktail and listen to the Fleetwood Mac at the same time, then what the fuck are you doing with your laugh? <laughs> Pearl Jam and the Motley Crew, both of you shut the fuck up before I beat the fuck out of both of you. <laughs> Nickelback, you fucking jabroni, never ever ever fuck with the Slipknot or I'll break your fucking five cent neck. Jesus. After all these years, let's just be honest, Bubba. In the Michael Jackson song, The Girl Is Man, the girl was 100% Paul's. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. this one is a, a reply from Rob Thomas. So, he's put, happy birthday. Iron Sheik has put, happy birthday to the greatest singer on the earth. This is uh, Rob Thomas. Forever you are the Frank Sinatra and Iron Sheik class. And Rob Thomas put... This is not even my birthday, but it is half fucking praise. <laughs> and then there's a list of the, the greatest uh, artists of all time. And Iron Sheik takes offense to it by saying, No, Rob Thomas, you can take a fucking walk. <laughs> I don't even know who Rob Thomas is. Who's Rob Thomas? You do, from Matchbox 20, I think. Oh, okay, right. Um, David Bowie's dead, and he has better music than everybody alive. God bless him. I love you, Bubba, to Freddie Mercury. Respect my Iranian brother, the Freddie Mercury, forever. Bohemian Rhapsody, the Rob Thomas class forever. And <laughs> Barry, Bowie was no jabroni. I sell out the Madison Square Garden every time more than the Mick Jagger and the 12-12-12 concert when I beat the fuck out of Hulk Hogan. He was also a fan of Radiohead. Everything is Radiohead. That's that's actually really surprising. Yeah. I wish that Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix still alive so he could light his guitar and shove it, stick it in the ass of Hulk Hogan's grandmother. Oh, my God. I'll never forget our party with my friend, uh, the Jerry, in the Cow Palace uh, in 1980. God bless him forever. Meatloaf, I love you forever. He loved the red wrestling. Eddie Van Halen, it broke my heart. You have so much talent and you helped to make rock and roll. I miss you forever. Uh, yeah, and it goes on and on and on. Um, and we have gone 45 minutes and Sar's still not even had his go yet. So definitely go <laughs> and check out the uh, the the ultimateclassicrock.com for more uh, music-based Iron Sheik uh, tweets because it's just absolutely hilarious. Oh, fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. Uh, mine is luckily because of the timing and where we are uh, in the show already. Mine is incredibly short, Magsy, but I feel very important. And it's weird as well after watching the matches that we have to review later on. Mine is, and Sharon will smile when she hears this. She'll know exactly where I'm going because we had a conversation about it beforehand. I had something else lined up, but I changed it because I watched some WWE today, Magsy, for the first time in a very long time. Since WrestleMania. 
Well, maybe, maybe I watched SmackDown. Okay. I scanned three big bits of it. I oh, that ended a SmackDown. Oh, oh, so good, so good. But that's the issue I have, and what I wish to throw into the Hall of Lame. Something we're going to discuss, no doubt, especially with regards to the Sheik Hogan match f- uh, from 1984, is how wild the crowd were that night in, in Madison Square Garden. I would like to throw into the Hall of Lame this week the crowd at SmackDown. The Bloodline story is the best thing WWE have done in years. And the fact that it's years to get to this point is also quite spectacular as well, because we know how they like to hotshot certain things, and Vince would change his mind every 20 minutes, never mind every week. This is uh, <laughs> Dan Griffin in the chat. Mine is short, but very important, so he's definitely said that before. On my wedding night, mate. And uh, <laughs> But my issue with the crowd in, let me just have a look here, the Lexington Arena, Mm-hmm. Uh, where was that in Kentucky? Wasn't it there Ken- in this week? Yeah, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, okay. now I don't know whether to blame the crowd or to blame WWE for running that arena on this night with this important storyline moment, but they sucked. They reacted to the super kicks as anyone would, that's a given. But this huge moment in this story development. I mean, the, the moment just before the super kick, where, and you have to excuse me because I always get the names meddled up, where the one who so turns to the other and says, You're out. That was Jay to Jimmy. Okay. Met with silence. They were sat on their hands. They did nothing. And the, oh, there you go. <laughs> Dan Griffin in the chat. It was met with silence and the odd chuckle on your wedding night as well. Yes, very true. Very true. But yeah, it was it was just nothing from the crowd whatsoever. The super kick's got a reaction. Fine. But I feel that. Crowd reaction can really make or break important moments. CM Punk returned on the first episode of Collision this week. His promo was fantastic. And the crowd reaction was superb. MJF and Adam Cole had a promotion. Uh, uh, Sorry, had a, uh, well, yeah, a promo battle, I suppose, might be the term, a conversation on the microphones and so on. The crowd reaction made that even better than it was. This here... This this was so good and so important for the development of these characters, the story, and I'm going to say WWE television for the foreseeable few months. These assholes in Kentucky just sat there staring at the ring, like not making any noise whatsoever. And I just felt, I, I don't know for certain, but I got a feeling SmackDown next week is in Madison Square Garden. Okay. I could be completely wrong. But it's either next week or last week. There, there is a show from Madison Square. It might even be a house show. I don't know. But I look at the Madison Square Garden crowd for the matches that we're going to review later on in the show. And I think to myself, if you had a crowd that wild for everything they're doing, it would have been so much better. And I felt sorry for the performers because they nailed it, but the crowd let them down. So my entrance into this week's Hall of Lame to go along with the fact that the Iron Sheik died and we've lost the entertaining tweets and so on for Mr. Mags is the crowd on SmackDown this week. Try harder, people. Yep, I agree. So there we go. Maxi, should we dive in the chat quickly before we get on with our non-wrestling topic? We can. Uh, got a fair bit to scroll back to. I need to cough. Um, so there is quite a few... Um, Choices for for songs that um, that that should be playing the chickens, Blackbird on the wire, uh, uh, Freebird. Um, 
the captain's bird's ass thing is a, a notable one. Um, then um, we've got, where are we up to? Sharon there saying uh, that's why you've been a grumpy bastard. Ah, okay. All right. I don't think I have been grumpy. Uh, Juicy Bear Gaming says he was at the party and it was shit and he suplexed the guy in the braces uh, through a table before escaping down the fire exit. Well, you did the the world of service there, sir. Um, Dan Griffin said, my best friend couldn't hold her uh, dad's hand as he died and those cunts parties and laughed in our faces. You are right to be angry. It boiled my piss. Um, Matt Lewis, uh, me and Chris followed the rules and sorted our family, and it hurt. It really, really hurt. It devastated my mother. Yeah. Uh, we were lucky, but so many people were not. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt from Five Nerds Go, my nan passed away through COVID. We weren't allowed to say goodbye. She had a nurse with her to hold her hand. That was it. Just horrific. It's monstrous, absolutely monstrous. Uh, Connor says he's got a pimple dick. Uh, to the guys I've talked to, just for uh, using me for attention, I, I can go into detail. Which means he can't go into detail. Uh, but it just pisses me the fuck off. Not as bad as the current one, but sorry for language. Hey, listen, your pimple dick is just as valid as everyone else's pimple dick. That sounds weird to say. Uh, to, it does. It does. Another another person, but uh, yeah, if, if they've upset you, then fucking pimple dicks. Uh, King Pig Banner says, father-in-law passed away, not of COVID, but of the uh, same time as the rest- restrictions, very tough. Yeah, it was just mm. just a horrible, horrible time. Um, Matt says, uh, Sai, you're saying what we're all feeling, but uh, with your permission, uh, this is going into a Christmas cracker because I think it needs spotlighting uh, again. Yeah, no Griffin, crack on. Nearly a quarter of a million people died of COVID, millions more suffered, and those in charge laughed whilst it happens. It's fucking sickening. Uh, Connor, politicians are all shitheads. New younger faces are needed from a, a state standpoint. I mean, Jesus, their politicians are uh, way worse than ours. It's, oh, it's grim. Uh, good cop, bad cop says, can't stay, uh, but just wanted to say, seeing you on at 9pm and not 4pm is proper messing uh, with his head right now. Well, that's what you get for being back in good old Blatty, you assume? <laughs> Uh, Connor said one of my good friends dad who was almost 60 had bad health and uh, bad health problems and he passed from COVID in the hospital at the heart of it hearing all this makes my blood boil yeah it does for everyone um, Dan says if anything can lift the mood it's the whole of lame fart yeah lift the mood <laughs> and clear a room uh, yes late, late to the proceedings and uh, someone who missed Sar's uh, epic rant uh, you'll have to definitely go listen back to that uh, Cam but uh, welcome in um Kingsburg Banner says he loved um, loved uh, Iron Cheek, and Matt says, eh, uh, I can't say that I'll miss him. He was racist, homophobic, uh, Sheik, and rot for all. Like, I mean, you you are perfectly entitled to, to, to those thoughts, Matt. Um, what I will say, um, and this is not to defend anything um, racist or homophobic that he said, but... Um, People can learn and can change, I suppose. Um, and yeah, it's it's he he gave so much to the to the wrestling community. Not again, not kind of uh, condoning what he did, but just uh, decompartmentalizing those those two facets of of, of, of the Iron Sheik there. Um, mm. Dan Griffin says Barry Windon looks like a somewhat inflated. Greg Valentine in that pick. He looks like Greg Valentine from Wish, doesn't he? He doesn't look like anything. What? No, hang on. What? Why is Barry Windham the weaker alternative in comparison to Greg Valentine? 
I mean, was was he was Barry Windham multiple time Intercontinental Champion? Did he once dye his hair? Was black? Greg Valent was Greg Valentine multiple time Intercontinental Champion? Yeah, once. Well, that's multiple of one. You dick. <laughs> yeah, but he, 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 did Barry Windham ever dye his hair black to be in a rock and roll band and pretend to play the guitar with Honky Tonk Man? No, Barry was no, that good. Exactly. He, didn't dye his, he, did, he didn't need to dye his hair. It, it was that he was good. A roll band later on. It, it was that good that when he came back to the WWF, what did creative have for him? Wearing fucking camouflage face paint and growing a mustache. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. He was he was being a good soldier. He was doing what he was told. Man. When when Greg Valentine makes an oh. appearance for WWF, he gets cheers. When Barry Windham made appearances for WWF, he got ridiculed by Stone Cold Steve Austin on commentary. Fuck's sake. It is what it Greg, is. I'm not sure Greg Valentine does get cheered, you know. <laughs> he got cheered when he was in the AW audience asleep not long ago. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> anyway, back to the chat. Uh, King's Pigs Venice says that's why he did his uh, shake appreciation post because he was a real legend. Um, Matt says, uh, at Sharon, Let's say I know that my NWT is in his WhatsApp. Yes, I've got it, yes. <laughs> this is still a great one. Man is short, but very important. Saz definitely said that before on multiple occasions, I think. Um, Sharon, okay, Matt, I'll WhatsApp him to remind him of a WhatsApp. That that reminds me of like when you have to message me to say, can you put your questions into Sharon? Because we're <laughs> yeah. all live in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Dan very proud of himself because he, he brought me. Yeah, that was brilliant. That it was just the timing that that came through. Just as Sar was saying, oh, this this segment was met with silence. Yeah, perfect timing, Dan. Uh, Matt says American crowds are terrible recently mm. compared to Puerto Rico. Oh my god, that Puerto Rico crowd was brilliant. Wild. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, even the Saudi Arabia crowd has been better than the American crowds recently. <laughs> Barry Windham slash Greg Valentine's school picture after his mum gave him a shit ball <laughs> mullet combo haircut. That's brilliant. Oh, that okay. is brilliant. I'll accept, I'll accept that one. <laughs> and we, brackets, are love seeing Greg Valentine on Nitro now. Yeah, you're It's late American. 1996. <laughs> the NWO are running wild. And what do they do every now and again? turn out of a random Greg Valentine match on Nitro. It's so out of place, Mags. It's ridiculous. It it fits perfectly, I reckon. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us in the chat, contributing and so on. Keep those chicken songs coming in for Mr. Mags' chickens. And also, I suppose, now we've had some rock music-related tweets from the Iron Sheik. Let's have some of your favourite tweets from the Iron yes, Sheik. Yes, now you can ready. bring in... Now, <laughs> Mags, he gives you permission. <laughs> let's have some of those and we'll revisit those probably after our non-wrestling topic mr mags if we're uh ready to go with that we are nwt time oh no wrestling talk here it's the non-wrestling topic lovely nice lovely nice oh lovely lovely <laughs> Big filthy belch. 
As always. Body noises on, on every yeah. promo. It's just you and your body noises. Yeah, that's it. It's, I didn't sample any off YouTube or the internet anywhere else or anything. I'm I already signed effects. I'm take. glad it's you can admit me. it. It's just me. It's just me. Funnily enough, actually, Sharon did get a little bit embarrassed. Uh, well, not embarrassed, but rolling her eyes, I suppose, when we first, me, Liv, and her first went into the hotel we booked when we went to Sheffield this weekend because the room's quite small. We're all crammed. Liv had the single bed, and we had the double bed on the other side of the room. And Liv drank some of her bottle of Dr. Pepper. Other soft drinks are available. And she did a massive, guttural, stomach-deep man belch, and it echoed around the room. So naturally, I had to try and beat it. So me and Liv for the next five minutes. <laughs> naturally, <laughs> I had to beat my daughter at the belting contest. But what made it even better was I then went into the bathroom and burped and realized the acoustics in there are far superior. So we both stood in the bathroom for a minute, belching at each other as well. Things that you do to pass the time in Leicester. I'm 42. Um <laughs> Oh dear! Our non-wrestling topic this week is looking at, I suppose, embarrassing moments in your life. Things you look back on and cringe at, whether you said something stupid, done something stupid, or anything along those lines. And we had quite a few responses once again, Mr. Mags, didn't we? The CWF did not let us down once again. I mean, when have they ever let us down? We could throw any topic on and they would come out swinging. And They would indeed. they, They never fail us, never fail us. They never do. Here's my amazing, lovely wife just dropping off a cup of tea for me. Look at this. In this weather. Yeah, a cup of tea. Absolutely fantastic. And a beaker of squash as well when I finish my tea. Look at that. She looks after me, Mags, doesn't she? Is the cup of tea sand? No, no. Mm. How would you sign the tea? It's liquid, you knob. The cup, clearly. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, my love. Um Shall we begin then? And I'll read them out in the order they arrived into us. Yes. Yes. Okay. First of all, we have Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21. Actually, very quickly, if I miss any out, Magsy, give me a shout at the end and also remind me I have Matt Willis's via WhatsApp because I will forget because that came. So Matt reminded you in the chat. Yep. Sharon has also WhatsApp you to remind you. And now you want me a third reminder that Mm -hmm. Matt has got his is uh whatsapp that's that's ridiculous yeah because i screenshot the responses when i get to the end of my screenshots i will literally just go maxi what have you got for us then and that's when you need to say no dickhead you know because <laughs> i will forget <laughs> and i'll cut all this out of the audio version so i sound proper professional um dan griffin at dan griffin 21 he says I refer you to every drunk story i've ever submitted <laughs> Fair <Yeah. enough. laughs> don't need to carry on so next no. Uh, he says, though, although for saying something dumb, I once asked a colleague when her baby was due. She'd given birth a month before. That was an awkward apology, and she's hated me ever since. Brilliant. That is Amazing. Mean. That is mean. That's yeah. like when you give up your space on like a train or on a bus. You go, yeah, I love you sit down. And she's like, I'm not pregnant. I'm just fat. <laughs> Oh, Matt Butler at Trey Butler on Twitter. Uh, he said, I don't quite get this. He says, trying to smoke a tube of toothpaste. Long story. So I responded, well, we have time. And Matt responded, ha ha ha. See, some of these stories need to be saved for my memoir, but my arms have been twisted before. So, you should, have, so you should have followed up with that. That's what he's saying. You should have followed up with that. Uh, 
Okay, so it's my fault, is it? What you have to do now is wait for Matt to release his memoirs and then come back to this topic. We'll have a special uh, Matt Butler episode of Chain Wrestling where he literally just reads segments from his memoirs. <laughs> that would actually be an awesome episode. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all about that now. I'm going to make a jingle for it now because I'm too excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt does also say, though, I remember calling my mate Dim Tom, as he was affectionately known, <laughs> a horse after watching the poor See You Next Tuesday try to eat a chicken burger having about half of his teeth removed. Oh, dear me. <laughs> oh, can you imagine gumming a chicken burger? Um, 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 um. That's why I imagine it would have gone anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ja, at Yalmo Wright on Twitter. He says, loads, mate. I'm an awkward mess. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, just I'm a permanent embarrassment to myself. Fair enough. Um, I once got nervous before Wolves away at West Brom, drank too much and fell down the steps in the stand and had to have a steward walk me to my seat. <laughs> Whilst a few hundred fans laughed in my face. Just before mobile phones were everywhere, thank fuck. Yeah, see, a lot of the embarrassing shit we've done before mobile phone video cameras and so on, which is good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, at non WWE guy on Twitter, uh, I think this is somebody new, Magsy. Not sure we've had anyone. Uh, anyone. Well, well, welcome to the the CWF. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, they say walked into the girls' bathroom once because I wasn't paying attention to where I was going. Almost got hit by a car because of a girl once as well, and I I responded, "Well, tell us more about the second one. How did you almost get hit by a car because of a girl?" And again, I think people just didn't like me on Twitter this week because they didn't let us know. Because they knew you were going to do a mad political rant. It wasn't political. It was angry. There's a difference. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it just it's just teasing, though, isn't it? We, we need to know the context. Yeah, of, what's going on? So next week, just non-WWE guy, feed us a little bit of, uh, of information about why you almost got hit by a car because of a girl. See, in my head, I envisioned that he was looking at a lass. It was rubbing. Thinking, she is gorgeous. And then a car nearly bumped, you know. A friend of mine was walking backwards once outside the post office. I was walking alongside these two girls and we were talking to them. We just met them. And he was walking backwards trying to, like, chat them up and act all cool. And there was an A-frame in the... You know, I noticed pretty quickly he was in, like, that line of travel. And I thought, I could tell him. Or the alternative would be funnier. Yeah, so I so I catched him, and he literally just backed into this A frame, went ass over to it, and sadly though did catch his finger in the A frame as it shut, and it bled lots. But I still found it really funny. That, that would have added to the comedy. There we go. Let's see, we're on the same wavelength, Maxie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Connor at Connor knows footy on Twitter. He says one of my very good friends, who I was friends with all through school, went to one of his college parties in a frat house. I'll spare you the details. Don't want to get myself in trouble. Oh, you won't get in trouble with us, mate. We like the details. <laughs> We're a stickler for the details. We're a stickler for details. <laughs> uh, I'll spare you the details. Don't want to get myself in trouble. But I looked him dead in the eye and told him I liked him a whole lot. With his boyfriend standing right there. <laughs> the look of confusion just hit him. And then anger because he thought my friend was cheating on him with me. Long story short, I almost got my ass kicked that night. We all laugh about it now as we're all very good friends. <laughs> I feel that Connor is a very horny young man. Mm, yeah, nothing wrong with that, mate. 
you know, get on it, innit? Uh, <laughs> it's that part of the show once again at that time of the week where we hear from our good friend cwf royalty steve-o at total steve-o on twitter he says coincidentally i'm really impressed with myself that i said that first time without stumbling over any letters then because that's a you've difficult practiced. word isn't it you've practiced it i haven't i just paused took a deep breath and read it carefully coincidentally coincidentally See, look at that. I did it again. I'm really proud of myself. I'm going to go for a third one now. Coincidentally, mentioned this on my podcast the other day. I, I've had false teeth since 21, 17 years, he says here in brackets, and can't eat properly with them in. One day in the canteen, an attractive woman I fancied at work comes in. I'm trying my best to cover my mouth. She comments, uh, where's your teeth? Oh, that's horrible. Oh, what a knob. What a bitch. I essentially ran away. It was a horrible moment. Yeah, that's not a good look, yeah. is it? Oh, Steve, I feel for you there, man. What a bitch. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, but to, to kind of like throw a bit of a um, compliment, Steve, I was aware. He's 38 years old and he looks like that. Like a, a chiseled, um, just amazing image of a man. Oh, yeah. I didn't even do the maths and have that. Up. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah. That's Jesus. mental. Well, I was 38. I was still the fat mess you see in front of you at 42. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's grown is your waistline and your beard. And the amount of grey hairs, mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve-O continues. On Elite FPL, I've done things on there and look back and think, why? One always springs to mind. Going ballistic over Jamie Vardy scoring two penalties or Aguero having a penalty saved. I cringe looking back. Yeah, see, I can appreciate maybe having that mindset, looking back and thinking, oh, geez, I lost it a bit then. I'm probably going to do that about, you know, what I said earlier on, to be fair. But, um, well, I say that, either that or I'm going to get cancelled. So next week, tune in to Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Benny Mac because I'll be a band, I expect. But um, <laughs> I, I love Steve-O's passion for all the, the FPL stuff. I tune in when I can to his streams. It doesn't always coincide with what I'm doing, so it's difficult to watch a whole stream. But when I do tune in, I love it. Absolutely, I don't know anything about fantasy football. I have a go, but I'm pretty rubbish. Like hearing him and, and his community all talking about it, it's brilliant stuff, Max. Yeah, and and the the kind of contrast between um, uh, styles of him and Jamie works perfectly. Um, mm. They 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 just go. They kind of like us. They just fit together uh, and they just mesh together really well. Um, I've caught a, a couple of videos of Steve Wells recently. Uh, he's kind of like. Uh, graveyard blogs, and they're great. I, I must it. say, he does wear some impeccable t shirts in those blogs. He does, he does many CWF t shirts, Nitro Nights t shirts, and so on. Which yes. you can, if you want to look as cool as Steve O, and you want to look as, you know, as, as, as hip and trendy, do the kids still say that? No, did they ever say that in the 70s when you were like a massive wrestling nerd? Mm, no, no, I wasn't born to let you one, you prick. You were watching <laughs> wrestling in the womb. What's that? Barry Windham. <laughs> oh, stars. stars kicking again. Yeah, so he's doing a lariat in my belly. My, my, my t- <laughs> if you want to look as cool and trendy as Steve-O, you can by going to the SJP World Media Merchandise Store. The link is all over our social medias. And then also you have to go to the gym, eat well, and work really fucking hard. But if you ignore that bit, you can wear the same top as him. So you're halfway there. 
Uh, Chuck Winchester at Ben Lovin on Twitter. One of the awesome Ohio trio that hosts RSH on the network live. Mo uh, live on a Wednesday night, well, early hours because they're from the States, or so you can catch the podcast version later in the week. Uh, Chuck says, I mistakenly went down the wrong direction on a one way street in downtown Cincinnati on Friday because my GPS told me to, told me to turn and I wasn't paying attention. A bus honked at me. I've been driving down there pretty regularly for 10 years <laughs> and then pulled on Michael Scott. Wow. I haven't got oh. that one on, but that's ridiculous. It is. It is. I suppose you just go onto autopilot, don't you, and start, you know, listening to the GPS and, and just following what it says and so on. Rather than using common sense or maybe mm. your eyes to yeah. look for the signs. Me and Sharon spoke about it on the way to Sheffield on Friday, actually, in because we had the, you know, the our phone plugged in, and the, the, the Google Maps sat nav jobby telling us where to go and so on. And you know, even tells you where the speed cameras are and all that sort of gumph. And I was like, Do you remember when we used to go to gigs? And once upon a time, we just have a big book with lots of wobbly lines in it and have to yep. trace our path ourselves. And then just after that, you used to be able to go on a computer somewhere, maybe your local library, because you didn't have it at home, and print off reams and yep. reams of A4 paper with the instructions on. And now Mul look at it. Yeah, there was a, a website called multimap.com which uh, I had to use uh, quite a lot, and you would have to print off the, the directions to go, and you still end up getting lost. Mm. And now you have it on your phone or on your uh, computer, uh, your car dashboard, and you still get lost. And it, it mm. you get lost because it directs you around to ridiculous places. You end up arguing with it, because it's got a voice now. I find that you end up arguing with it. So if you take a wrong turn... Or, or, you know, it tells you to go a certain way and you, it says next left and there's a left that hasn't taken into consideration, so you take the wrong, whatever. And it starts telling you, turn around. Make oh, a U-turn. Was... And you're sh shouting at it, like, you know, I can't! But it's still in that same tone of voice. You need to turn around. Oh, I no. fucking know! Ours is way more pedantic. It says recalculating as if it's got to like, do its job all over again to, to work out where you'd gone wrong. Oh, it's an arrogant <laughs> fucker. Our, our sat-nav is it, arrogant. And it's saying it purposely because, like, to make you feel bad about making yeah. it work. You, you have done this to me, recalculating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, via WhatsApp, Mr. Matt Lewis. Look at that. I remembered all on my own. Or have I missed it? I mean, you've missed poor Jimmy Evans. I mean, it doesn't really go anywhere. Oh, yeah, I didn't screenshot that because I was waiting for him to respond, and he didn't. Jimmy, yeah. let us know, my friend. I mean, I, I massively appreciate Jimmy, um, and he, he, he does uh, comment, and he does uh, retweet a lot of our uh, stuff for the SJP, but he does also tease us with these yeah. very, sh very short answers with no yeah. context whatsoever. So it's there, for instance, he's put, where do I begin? And then when you've asked him, go on then. And he said nothing. He's just yeah. not replying at all. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy you tease. Big wrestling tease you. <laughs> Bye, loves you. Um, <laughs> Mr. Matt Lewis via WhatsApp, he says, non-wrestling topic. Embarrassing times. Oh, where do I begin here? Now, bear in mind, this came through whilst we were live, so I've not read this. 
So I'm a little bit concerned as to where this might go. Embarrassing times are where do I begin here, Matt says. When I was a kid in school, I often called my teacher mum instead of saying miss. I was I mean, seven it, before. <laughs> I've done that. It's so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing. Uh, stupid. Oh, how many bets I've made that were stupid. I bet that Fulham would finish bottom last season. That went badly. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he only puts five and ten pence bets on. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He's, oh, okay. He, he, he bet like 50 pence once on a match. And he right. was he was basically hoping he raked in the money off it. Like the three pounds, 16 winnings or something. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Ah, whatever. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? It's a bit of fun. Of course it is. Of course um, it is. I bet the year before that City wouldn't qualify for the Champions League. They won the league. <laughs> <laughs> what a filler. Oh, Christ. This is the guy who's going to be the main front man of our footballing program on the network. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. This is not a good advert for the volley live, Mr. Lewis. Come on. Um, I predicted that Liverpool would win the league every year for the last 12 years. One out of 12 ain't bad, he says here. I would say it, it is. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, Matt continues. Cringe. Oh, has to be when I tried to teach myself to shave as my dad had been kicked out by then and covered my face in foam and shaved all the hair on my face. All of it, including my eyebrows. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> that i'll never live down he says oh my god what so what did you do did you what did you look like robin williams from mrs Dightfire with a just a phone yeah. like, all over your whole face <laughs> what was going on there what no one i don't you get it you wouldn't be able to tell you were surprised no you wouldn't at all would you you wouldn't uh and matt finishes off by saying oh and the time i once ate raw garlic on the bus I might tell the story why one day. Oh, he's a tease. He's just the same as the others, Magsy. I mean, he's in the chat now, so he can tell us the story and we yeah. can read out and point and laugh. Tell us a story, Matt. Come on, about why you ate garlic. Let's have it. Let's have it. But there we go. That is what we have from the CWF this week, Magsy, whether it's via WhatsApp or Twitter and the like. Uh, do you have anything yourself before we dive on in to the chat and see if anyone's uh, given us any stories there. No, you know, I don't think I've done anything embarrassing. I'm pretty, pretty perfect in every single way. I mean, I've never once called my podcast host by a different surname, even though I knew, I knew full well what his surname was. Um, I never got the reputation from the rest of my family. Um, about being the person who bars very, very small things because he doesn't look up the dimensions uh, on the adverts. And I certainly <laughs> didn't buy a set of towels uh, that were the size of tea towels. Um, so, no, I don't, I'm pretty perfect in every single way. So, no, I don't have any embarrassing stories like that. I've definitely never walked into lampposts whilst being on my phone. Um, in front of oh, a, a massive crowd. Uh, and the, the most recent one that definitely didn't happen, uh, I didn't go to um, one of Carlos's uh, um, um, MMA tournaments in Birmingham, and 
with a packed um, audience on the bleachers. I didn't trip on the first bleacher and bang like my face all the way down the bleachers. And it definitely didn't happen to someone else five minutes later than me. And I didn't, I did exactly the same as everyone did to me, which was point and laugh. So yeah, that <laughs> never, never happened at all. No, 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 of course not. No. Uh, when I was, uh, street, I don't know, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Sharon in the chat there. Fantastic. My most embarrassing story. I married Cy. Cheers, love. Really appreciate that. <laughs> The, the well, love was, uh, between you two is see she's honestly she is now got a taste for fame and you're gonna be the divorced former ex while she's like married Stephen King. Yeah. Stephen King, that's a bit of a random. Well, he's an author, isn't he? He's a, a big time author, Dan Brown. Do you think like authors only King. marry authors then? But she's she's mixing in those authory circles now, isn't oh, she? Oh, I see. JK yes, Rowling. That may, yes, of course. My wife's <laughs> going to leave me and marry J.K. Jesus, my wet. Uh, um, well, I can't remember how old I was, actually. It was, it was late teens, uh, and there was a girl who I thought was absolutely stunning, went to the same pub as me, um, finally brought up the courage to talk to her one night, went back to hers, thinking, hello, this looks interesting. She shared a flat with her sister uh, when she went to go and do something, prepare food or whatever it was. I thought the place was empty. I let out a massive fart that I've been holding in for quite a while to turn around and see that her sister was stood in the kitchen with me. I'm just looking at you whilst mm-hmm. vomiting. Yes, it was. And, and it was it was a beer fart as well. So it was... Yeah. And, and that was the fart, ladies and gentlemen, that he recorded for the... <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, indeed. Uh, I fell down at a heart concert once. That was embarrassing. Well, yeah. and also expected. Yeah, but what made it even worse was I was already kind of the odd one out because Heart played the Symphony Hall in Birmingham. And I turned up, as I've said before, I think on the show, in cut up jeans, Megadeth t shirt, jacket with all patches all over the place, scraggly hair everywhere thinking it's it's a rock and roll gig it is what it is it's you know hard they may be a bit on the softer side but it's you know it's still a rock gig um it's in the symphony hall name should have given me a clue turned up everyone else's in suits and like shirts and ties and all that so i'm looking like an absolute tramp and then i fell down so brilliant yeah. and a piss tramp that is exactly what i imagine everyone else thought i was <laughs> <laughs> and and lest we not forget the time you thought you was Carl Lewis trying to jump the the fence to get into a uh, a festival. Yeah, that happened. Um. <laughs> <laughs> when you thought you could out-sprint the security and also uh, fly. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Aerosmith story. Yeah, that was not a good look. Oh, dear me. Go back and listen to the, the archives to hear the Aerosmith story. That, that seems to make plenty of people laugh. That t-shirt's still got vandal paint on it. Anyway. <laughs> Maxie, I suppose we'll have a quick scan through the chat, see what people are saying, and then get on to a bit of wrestling talk, I think, Bert, because we've got two matches. It should, should have been three, but never mind. Um, King's Pig Vella says that he doesn't really have any embarrassing stories. He means he'd done stupid stuff, but he just doesn't give a shit enough to be embarrassed about it. Uh, Dan Griffin said he had an an embarrassing one today needed an emergency shit at work 
only the disabled toilet was available, did my business, and as I stood up, my sleeve caught the emergency cord setting the alarm off. <laughs> wow, that is mental. Uh, Sharon said she didn't WhatsApp Sarah. She was being a sarcastic cowbag. So said, even your wife isn't WhatsApping, you know. Honestly, Sarah, the writing's on the wall, mate. You need to start looking around for an, somewhere to live, essentially. Yeah. She's so somewhere to live. <laughs> <laughs> me and me and our lives have actually joked in the past about getting a flat down high street. And then we said, when I, when we, when I get paid, we'll have a dartboard set up. And when I get paid, we'll live like kings for two days on takeaways and kebabs. And then we'll just eat um, Asda 9p noodles for the rest of the month. And we reckon we'll be absolutely fine. That, that sounds uh, get all your nutrition in for those first two days, yeah. get all your veg in and your fruit, and then just yeah. absolutely wreck your, your, your body for the next 29 <laughs> days. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Morty, I didn't even realize was actually in the chat, uh, says much love, and uh, he's got to go. Oh, yeah, more. Yeah, well, he's gone because he's he's gone to bed for work, but when he listens back to the audio, thanks for checking in, Mort. Um, Connor. Says, I uh, checked his bank out very close to saving up for his London footballing trip next year. Nice. Uh, so we should do a CWF meetup if possible. Yep, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, definitely. Dan Griffin saying, count me in. Uh, Matt saying, Connor is buying then. And then Connor's like, no, I'm not fucking buying. I've only got enough <laughs> for a hotel, car rental, <laughs> and an Arsenal ticket. Drinks are on your own if you want them. So, I mean, I, we all know how tart Matt is, so he'll be definitely drinking tap water um connor says elite fpl is his go-to for fantasy football even though he has no idea what i'm doing in the game i'm i always start off with good intentions when it comes to fantasy football and then about three or four weeks in i i forget to change my team around and then i lose points and then i get bored and then i'm just sticking out with the same team all season live had a go we had like a little five team mini league and it was me dan griffin matt lewis um Ray, I think the guy's name is from the States. Yeah. And Liv yeah, had a go. That's it. So and Liv said, as long as I don't finish bottom, that's all I care about. And she finished third behind me and Dan Griffin and beat Matt. Who, who, who I mean, shock. <laughs> shock. A fucking manatee could pick random teams and beat Matt. Um who, did you win? Yeah. I from... didn't. I finished second. Me and Dan Griffin were like within sometimes within a point of each other over and over again. Oh, me and Dan. Yeah. That's who you're moving in with. Dan, make it's the spare bed, bed up, uh, spare bed up, mate. Cause Sharon's got a big time. So bag him off. So can he sleep on your, on your sofa? Yeah. Oh, me and Dan living together. Could you imagine the smell? It would be like, yeah, it'd be like bottom, wouldn't it? It would, <laughs> it would be like bottom. Yeah. Oh, anyway, brilliant. Back to the chat. Sharon says, my sat-nav made my head bad. Yeah, the, the pricks. Sat-navs are pricks. Uh, Matt, Matt says, uh, the bets are with Graham, and it was 40 quid last time. Jesus Christ, I bet you were booing at that. Absolutely booing. One out of 12 against Man City. Well, yeah, but we you still predicted 12 out of 12. Yeah. Uh, and then Matt says, he looked exactly <laughs> like that, the full Robin Williams. Dressing Brilliant, everything. Matt. Not just shaving for him. They had the dress, slippers, <laughs> wig, and a big old wig on. That's um, brilliant, Matt. He also promises the garlic story for the first um, episode well, of go. the Valley. 
Um, Dan Griffin, I definitely have not had a fire alarm go off while shitting at work three times. And then Sharon confirming what we've all been saying at all episode. She'll be running off with one of the cover models. Yeah, the look. issue is, right, some of these cover models, they come to these signings. Um, I speak to different people and so on, and what they tend to say is, I'm not going to name names because I'll be honest, I can't remember them, okay? But there was one cover model I met whilst we were drinking in York, and he was absolutely signed, and everyone else said he's signed. But then there's various other ones that end up people go, oh, yeah, he looks nice. but He's a wanker. He's, he's a knobber. Yeah, so. Because um, they, they know they look good. Yeah. It's just that that like illusion of grandeur like i'm better than you and you See, that's why it. i'm so easy to get along with i know i look like she ugly is <laughs> cheers mate uh i don't know if we can, people can make this out there is a picture here well can make out your pin number on your bank card you can't make out my pin number on my bank card because my pin number is <laughs> not on that i did look though to be fair for people on the audio version i don't know if you can make that out actually it's not very clear, is it? There we go. That's better. Look That's at Sharon's that. table for a display and all that, like all the it's books. Amazing. To Love wins. Really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh, there we go, then, Magsy. There we go. I you suppose like uh, Ryan. Apparently. I did like Ryan, and he is stunning. Sharon, Sharon says in the chat, he is stunning. I'm as straight as they can, but oh, that fella. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't climb over him to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly well i would but i get stuck out what anyway anyway <laughs> <laughs> shall we talk a bit of wrestling i mean we're better because it's getting a little hot in here uh, <laughs> let's get ready to rumble! so then so then my selection won the poll which i think is quite nice because it's to do with the iron sheik and the guy passed away uh, well, just over a week ago now, Maxi, was it something like that? A 7th of June, yeah. Um, okay, so there we go. Close to two weeks then, maybe. <laughs> so I-, I tried to pick two matches that were easily accessible for the CWF to watch if they wanted to, and also two matches that are relatively important, I think, in early WWF, mid-80s wrestling. Uh, the first one being Hulk Hogan versus the Iron Sheik from Madison Square Garden, January the 20th. 20- I squeaked then, did you hear that? I went Madison Square Garden. Square Garden. <laughs> Scott, yeah, I'm going to carry on doing that. Just to make it sound like I meant it. And I'll cut all this out on the audio version. Uh, Hogan versus the Iron Sheik, January the 23rd, 1984, from Madison Square Garden. And uh, <laughs> also from Madison Square Garden, we have <laughs> WrestleMania 1. <laughs> the Iron Sheik versus Nikolai Volkov. Sorry, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov versus Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda for the WWF World Tag Team Championships. Magsy, I suppose normally we'd go in date order. Is that what you want to do? Which, I mean, it's your pick, so you go with whatever order that you fucking want to go with. Yeah, but it never does work that way, does it? Because if I ever try and do something out of an order, you start going, whoa, 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 hang on a second. Well, (laughs) it's, it's the chance you take. Let's okay. see if you met the rat pick. Right. In that case, then, let's do what we normally do. I'm going to edge my bets. This will be correct. Go with tradition and go in date order. Okay. So we'll begin with Hulk Hogan challenging the Iron Sheik on January the 23rd, 1984, for the WWF title. Now, you're picking a world title match to go first over a tag team title match. I wouldn't have done that, but here we go. 
See, this is why I'm going grey. <laughs> it's a fan pick. It's a fan pick. Uh, the the storyline basically goes: they Vince McMahon wanted the world title on Hogan. He was the next big thing. He was the you know, Hulkamania was already getting talked about before his first title win. He was seen as being the next, you know, the golden goose, so to speak. But the title was on Babyface Bob Backlund, so mm-hmm. he needed some way. Of a paper champion. You needed yeah. a paper champion, a transitional champion. Yeah, and they'd done that before, hadn't they? They'd done that before with, with other they people. Do getting it now. It from, yeah, well, getting it from, I think it was from Bruno Sammartino to Pedro Morales. They mm-hmm. had, uh, was it Stan Stasiak? Yep, Stan I the Man. Held it for like six, nine days or six days or something shit like that. They did it with uh, the Mounter to get the... I mean, there is other factors in that, but from mm. Bret Hart to Roddy Piper. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, going back the other way, from Pedro Morales to Bruno Salatino again, they had somebody else step in. That Was that Volkoff himself? Was he ever a WWF champion? Uh, I don't think he was. I don't think I he mean, was. No. I, I wasn't 30 years old like you were back in, back in the days of Methuselah. You're older than me. Well, in in like actual age, but not in mentality. <laughs> in actual age, which is what people <laughs> count people's ages in. <laughs> Dear me. Uh, so the idea was then that Bob Backland, who had been champion for a very, very, very long time at this stage, was going to drop the championship to the Iron Sheik, and then the Sheik was going to drop it to Hogan. Um, the rematch... Was the, the, the match was billed initially as being a rematch between Backland and Sheik. Backland had to pull out because of injury, because the Sheik, I think, attacked him. Magsy, am I getting that correct? Um, I don't know. I worked around those times, but it sounds correct. Oh, for goodness sake. Um, so we had somebody else <laughs> step in to take the shot, and this is the not immortal at this point. He could still be killed at this stage in his life. <laughs> he, he wasn't going to live forever just yet. We have the incredible Hulk Hogan. The incredible, yep. Yeah. The incredible Hulk Hogan. Uh, before the match begins, we do have an interview segment with, with the yeah. Iron Sheik. <laughs> Which, and Gene Auckland is kind of a little bit xenophobic in this yeah. interview. Um, also looks a little bit scared at times. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I misheard it or not, but did the Iron Sheik call Hogan a bitch? I mean, he was speaking Iranian for the majority of it, and then he switches for for all those infidels that don't understand Iranian. Um, basically, saying that Hogan did not deserve the match. That uh, how dare they put him in in place? And just because he thinks he's big, uh, don't mean he's good. He's going to be able to out wrestle the Sheik. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, who isn't calling Hogan a bitch? I mean, everybody. Mm. But what what tickled me was classy Freddie Blassie with with the headdress on. Just it just looks ridiculous, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Oh. But what I didn't enjoy was the jobber entrance, though, for Sheik on this mm-hmm. television program. He's already in the ring. He is, yeah. Wait, waiting for the incredible Hulk Hogan to arrive. Tapping his foot. Yes, exactly. Who, when he comes out to the ring here on the 23rd of January 1984, if you watch on the WWE Network, is played to the ring by Real American. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is obviously bullshit. That's not the case. He didn't get to real American until I think trail end of 85, maybe potentially. So what would it have been? Yeah. Is it I the tiger here? Are you saying that the WWE fudge the history? Mate, don't even start me off on what they do to poor Barry Windham's entrance theme later. <laughs> they decide enough of this. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, they 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 dub in Real American for Hogan's yeah. entrance, which I think is a real shame because the crowd here for this match is a quite a short contest. But the heat I think it's is like six real. minutes or something like that. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it, Max? The crowd reaction. Yeah, and, and I I actually I, I I found it interesting that they used almost kind of like boxing entrances back in in the town because obviously this was a town when wrestling uh, kayfabe was still a massive thing in wrestling. These were looked at as sporting contests. So uh, when Hogan actually mm-hmm. being introduced, he's actually stood in, in the corridor. And then when his, his real American music hits, he's there trying to uh, ball himself up. And then when he comes through the, the curtain, my God, that crowd, they, oh, they wow. lose their shit. They absolutely yeah. lose their shit. It's, it's just wrestling was massive back in 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 the olden days weren't it and we're seeing history here by looking at this because this is really a changing not just the changing of the guard for the wwf with regards to who their champion was and the sort of person they went with and so on it's a changing of the whole dynamic of the business it's changing Mm -hmm. the direction of the business i mean in 84 you still had crockett was around a lot of the territories were still around vince was trying to buy some up of course but in 84 uh, there was a lot of competition and Hogan had just come from Verangana's AWA where he was a hot, hot star. He was a big, big name in AWA, but Verangana was holding on to the title himself in 84 when he's already over the hill. When it, sh- it, it And he makes you wonder what would have happened if the title was put on Hogan then. I mean, Hogan obviously talks a lot of shit in interviews. We know that. And there I've, I've read or heard interviews from Hogan saying, oh, if, if things might be completely different, if Ferengania gave me the AWA World title, I might have stayed. I'm thinking, well, the money Vince was thrown yeah. at you, maybe not. But it is an exactly. interesting mindset. What would have happened if, if Hogan didn't go when he did? We didn't get this title change because, you know, around 12, 13, maybe 14 months later, we've got the first WrestleMania, haven't we? Yeah. It's Hogan was the guy that Vince put all his eggs in that basket. Mm-hmm. And when you're watching this match some 40 years or so later, it's 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 easy to, to kind of underestimate just how pivotal this moment was. This was as pivotal, well, more, more pivotal than... The things like the the NWO and the attitude yes. era and the rise of Stone Cold, because without this moment, you don't get any of those other moments. So yeah. yeah, this is this is one of several monumental moments that Hulk Hogan, love him or hate him, um, had in this in this like uh, gr- this time period of the the early to mid eighties that that put professional wrestling on the map it's mm-hmm. as simple and clear as that yeah without a doubt uh once the introductions have been made the iron sheik turns around a very trusting iron sheik obviously he believes in fair play of course <laughs> and he's cheating get- bastard hogan oh. he, he lays his cards in straight away this is the hogan that we are going to get for the next 40 years 
he pretends he's a face. He's there. Oh, um, I eat my vitamins, say my prayers, but he's a cheating prick. I've got a list in front of me here, Magsy. These are the things that happen before Hogan does anything legal in this match. Okay. So these are the things that Hogan does before anything he is allowed to do takes place. Hogan jumps the Iron Sheik whilst he's getting ready for the match and is still taking his gear off. Yep. Hogan then clotheslines him with the Sheik's robe. So that's an illegal object. Disqualification. Hogan then chokes him with the robe. Again, disqualification. Foreign object. Uh, Hogan then rakes the Iron Sheik's eyes quite aggressively and then chokes him with his hands. Again, not in the rules. Not allowed to do that. Uh, Madison Square Garden by this point though they don't give a shit they are lapping this up they are loving it and and more importantly neither did the ref the ref no. couldn't give a toss no and then to round it all off I mean obviously during this time he's also throwing punches clenched fist illegal in professional wrestling <laughs> oh my word and to round it all off before we get the first proper legal move about two and a half minutes into this contest Hogan spits at the guy now he's supposed to be their number one baby face what's going on but to give Hogan his props, um, he's very much in the John Cena mold of five moves of doom. Mm. But he drops a fucking knee drop. Something yeah. that, that you never see uh, 90s onwards Hogan do. And it's not a ba- bad knee drop at all. I mean, it's not uh, flare levels or triple H levels, but it's a pretty good l- little knee drop mm. by Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it is. Um Hogan then attempts some kind of elbow or clothesline or splash of some description in the corner. The Iron Sheik moves, and that allows Sheik to take control for a short period. And Madison Square Garden at this stage are even louder. This is a mm-hmm. cauldron of noise. This is a, yeah. a tsunami of, of volume at this stage. It's insane. Someone's dying in this arena. It's insane, isn't it? Um, the Iron Sheik hits a pretty nasty-looking backbreaker. To be fair, it didn't look particularly comfortable or, or, or you know, soft. Uh, you know, a soft move to be hitting. Uh, he then kind of hints at. I don't know. Is he hinting at having a loaded boot here? Yep, I believe so. Uh, but then, in I think uh, Gorilla Monsoon makes more of it than than um, perhaps the Iron Sheik does. But those boots are brutal. Those kind mm. of like nose picker um curly toed boots yeah and uh and um gorilla kind of insinuates that maybe they are made of metal <laughs> which would be well, he, absolutely brutal he, he kicks the canvas with his toes and it makes a horrific noise so my mindset is is he wearing still toe caps here <laughs> <laughs> i mean he could be you could never trust that hog and you'd have to wear steel toe caps. Well, there you go uh, um, there's a Boston Crab applied as well, which is quite good. Um, Hogan, of course, powers out of that because, you know, fuck your finish, bad, brother. Bad um, push-ups. <laughs> yeah, powers out by a push-up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the Iron Sheik then hits a quite impressive gut-wrench suplex because um, yeah. you know, Hogan's a big dude. He, he, he hits he it here. In, I mean, a little bit of spoilers, he hits it, uh, the same move in, in both matches. And, yeah, it's... Uh, that's so powerful because he's uh, quite a, a stout guy, so uh, he's yeah. got a very low center of gravity, but the, the way he's able to uh, just power all Hogan over, yeah, it's very, very impressive. I mean, Hogan is announced at being 303 pounds. Well, the it's graphic the graphic says 302. 
And then Gorilla Monsoon says 305. Yeah. So he's, he's put weight that. on that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, but he's still he's still a big monster of a man, isn't he? So that suplex was very impressive, and that's when we see the camel clutch being applied before Hulk Hogan powers out of this. Yeah, backs yeah. the sheep up. He powers out by going like this. Yes, and he does. It's amazing. Hogan is just—he was a monster. He was incredible back then. He was literally incredible. Yes, and uh, uh, there's a crash into the corner. And then he hits that leg drop of doom. The well, noise the, is the, unreal. The corner crash, though. I mean, I've never seen this match um, before uh, I watched it oh. today. No, I've never never gone back and seen this because I, I weren't an, a wrestling nerd in, in those days. I was still a little bit too young. Um, but I could tell that that finish was coming with the way that <laughs> the sheet uh, rammed into the corner. And then um, he, he took quite a few steps back before falling down, almost yes. as if he was getting in position <laughs> to take the leg drop yep. of doom. Getting his arms out the way as well. So he, <laughs> yeah, you know, so he yeah. was tucking himself in. He yeah, knew exactly. he was dropping the title. <laughs> the leg drop, the three count. The place goes batshit crazy. Uh, and all of that happens in what Harrod Finkel describes as five minutes and 40 seconds the fall mm-hmm. occurred, which is pretty spectacular because it felt, I'm not going to say it felt longer like I was bored because I wasn't, but it felt like more went on than just a five minute match. But I think yeah. a lot of that goes back to the crowds, their reactions, and, and so on. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole, the whole event was very theatrical. Yes. The way that the, the microphones come down uh, and and um, Howard Finkel's uh, introductions, it just it seemed like a monumental event. So for it to only go five and a half minutes is actually, yeah, it's it's quite shocking, mm-hmm. uh, especially even when you you remember that Finkel said that this had a, a time limit of an hour. Yeah, and then they don't even go ten minutes. <laughs> no, no, that's it. and it was the middle of the card as well. Because yeah, following this was Rene Goulet versus Jimmy <laughs> Snooker. The whole the new world champion. He's not even higher up the card than Rene Goulet. I think, is it Affa uh, and Seeker with the, the main events, a uh, uh, six-man tag match? Okay. Yeah. But Hogan, yeah. they were like mid-card mid for the world title. It's mad, isn't it? Um the Sheik sells for ages, led in the ring. Hogan's celebrating, and the Sheik's just proper. And I like this because I think the Sheik does so much here to make mm-hmm. Hogan look good. Yeah, absolutely. He sells the beating to the point where they even get a stretcher out, but he fights off the stretcher and goes after Hogan again. And they start scrapping during Hogan's celebration. But Hogan sends him packing once more. Yeah. And it, again, it just really establishes Hogan as this super strong superhero hero. character. It was really, really good. The Iron Sheik did so well. He didn't have to do any of that. He could have quite easily took the pinfall, rolled out the ring and be done. And nobody would have objected. He should have broke his back and said, fuck you, Hulk Hogan. Well, he should have got into go. business for himself. There we go. He was offered money, wasn't he? Apparently. What, to beat the living piss out of Hogan? He was, I can't remember who. Can I think you imagine? Very... Who's the third man? It's yeah. it's Iron Sheik. <laughs> Fuck you, WCW. <laughs> For life, brother. 
<laughs> I think you imagine. There's, there's, I think I could be completely wrong, and people are going to be screaming at their podcast players now. I imagine UTT Rob is going to be one of them. But I think the Iron Sheet was offered money by Vern Gagne to injure Hogan in this match. And he turned wow. it down and he, told Vince wrestling, McMahon. Wrestling is a murky business. Yeah. And he told Vince McMahon that it might, it might have been Bill Watts. I'm not sure. There was somebody offered chic money. And we're talking like $10,000, which in 84 was a substantial amount. 12,000, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he told Vince McMahon about it. And this is why McMahon's always looked after the guy because of what happened yeah. then. And the, you know, so I like, think that shows yeah, yeah. a level to his character, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, there we go. The first uh, title reign of Hulk Hogan is underway. Hulkamania, it begins to run wild. Maxi, for this one, out of, six, uh, out of 10, sorry, out what of, are you thinking? Out of six, out of six. you're, you're giving my card me too much credit. <laughs> um, so I think I'm out giving it a six, just so you, I can, I, I feel that we're on the same page here, that we're giving it a six. Um, it's not, it's not long enough to be an outstanding match. Uh, no. The cr- the crowd certainly um, add to to the the gravitas of this match, um, and it, it's a Hogan match, so it's all it's going to be very very basic. But in terms of what this match means for the the wrestling world, like I said, love it, love him or hate him, this made Hogan the guy, mm-hmm. and this made wrestling this helped to make professional wrestling the the force it was uh in the in the uh early to mid 80s so yeah i think a six is is very very a very fair score to give it yeah yeah I, again i always come back to our benchmark of steiner booker t i'd rather watch this than that but it doesn't deserve to be much higher at the scale so a six for me but the crowd was fantastic i think hogan looked good Sheik was was good at what he did, and yeah, such an important match. And again, it's it's five minutes of your day. If you've not seen this match, obviously taking into consideration, it's now what thirty best part of thirty nine forty years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you got to take that into consideration as well. But this is kind of where sports entertainment begins, in a way, to a degree, especially yeah. in the WWF. Anyway, so I'd recommend typing it into the network checking out checking out that five minutes it's, it's worth it just if you're interested in the history of wrestling and so on i think max yeah absolutely speaking of the history of wrestling we move on to wrestlemania one march the 31st 1985 and we see our hero again the sheik tagging with ivan koloff uh nicola nicola i've struggled with that all fucking night what is wrong yeah. with me I've even got Ivan written down in front of me here. And it was Nikolai Volkov, not Mm. Ivan Koloff. It's a different person. It is a completely different person. (laughs) I've got so much editing to do. No, I'll leave all this in. Fuck it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And they are taking on the WWF Tag Team Champions of the World, as they are described here. The US Express, the team of Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. Uh, who we now know, obviously, as uh, IRS, VK Wall Street, M Wall Street, and, and so on. Blackjack Wyndham, obviously. Well, there you go. And the and, stalker, uh, <laughs> stalker yeah. and VK Wall Street. Yeah, the stalker. That's their most important characters. There we go. Uh, again, in Madison Square Garden, being WrestleMania 1. Dubbed music once more. 
when the uh, U.S. Express make their entrance, because I mean the the, the song um, "Real American" was written for the U.S. Express. Here, this was no, supposed to be there, and not not here. So you're remembering wrong. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. Who who is more reliable, you or a money making corporation that doesn't want to pay license fees? Hmm. Me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because it wasn't even Real American playing them to the ring this night. <laughs> even though it's been dubbed. It was Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. That was their wow. original. The they, US didn't give, they didn't want to give grubby old Bruce more of, that, old Bruce. <laughs> more of that sweet royalty money. There you go. But yeah, uh, they they left they lost the titles here we're gonna to get to that shortly but they were given real american as a theme later on in their short run in the wwf but at this point they were using real um, as like a the, make do i don't know like, I don't you're know. losing the tiles but we're gonna let you borrow hulk hogan's music for a bit they had no it wasn't hulk hogan's music yet yeah it was listen don't try and you revisionist history with me barry Windham, like the the dollar store hogan so when it, the music hits and it comes crashing down and it hurts and Barry Windham comes out and the crowd sits on their hands. They boo. You're That's what happens. They pre- they're like, oh my God, look, we can see the blonde flash of hair. Wait a minute. He's got more hair on the top of his head. That's not Hulk Hogan. They've ripped us <laughs> off. <laughs> oh dear anyway you say the crowd sits on their hands that is the exact opposite of what happens here the crowd go crazy for the u.s express and i think captain lou albano's there that's why yes of course but i mean they were an incredibly popular tag team and but i also think that the the heat that Sheik and volkov get as the foreign heels is fantastic the singing of the russian national anthem is amazing (laughs) Well, I mean, you they had, there was a, an interview as well, uh, kind of like the, the first match uh, with me, Gene Auckland, and he again shows his uh, xenophobia. Uh, he calls <laughs> Nikolai Volkov a commie, <laughs> and then uh, yeah. he quickly oh, corrects dear. it to, to, to comrade. But this is uh, the, the first time that I've seen, uh, the, or the earliest I've seen, Iron Sheet call um, Gene. He calls him Gene Mean, which is is yeah. always made me laugh. That, uh, <laughs> but again, again, it's, it's it's very similar to the first interview where it's uh, Iron Sheik waffling some some Iranian before mm. basically translating him, uh, for himself. But the interesting one was the the interview that uh, Gene then does with the US Express. Now, Iron Sheik was great on the mark. Indecipherable, but great on the mark. Barry Windham and Mark Rotundo are fucking grim on the mark. Yeah. This so, interview is so, it's it's wooden. And yeah. then it ends with, uh, with um, um, Mark uh, saying, the talking is done. And then Barry says, we're heading to the ring right now. But they were in the, they were still in claws that they arrived in the arena in. So yeah. they weren't heading to the ring right now at all. So it was obviously there. a pre-tape, wasn't it? Yeah. They were just bullshitters. Yeah. All Corgan <laughs> ripoffs and um just wooden wooden on the mark. It's ridic- I mean, how did he even have a career in wrestling? Ridiculous. I love how you can be professional and objective on our show. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> 
Oh dear, the Iron Sheik's got some new gear though. Looks pretty cool. Okay. Happy with that, mate. You can't fault that, can you? No, you can't. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Rotundo starts the match and he's, he's looking good here. I mean, I've not seen Mike Rotunda in this good shape before. I've never seen, well, no, I must have seen this match before, but I don't remember Mike Rotundo looking that good. He was in incredible shape and he was moving so fast. He threw an incredible drop kick as well. Yeah, you know, uh, he looked uh, really good. Early Mike Rotundo is a, is a phenomenal wrestler, mm. absolutely phenomenal. Um, even the early part of him as IRS was great wrestler. He, he just kind of like settled into that role, I suppose, and kind of he got a bit of a of snow on the veranda, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, he, he was he was a collegiate level wrestler in this way. They, they make a, a deal of him being like uh, all American and mm. um, state wrestling champion and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a year or two after this, he ends up back in. Uh, Crockett and the NWA, and they really hammer down on. Is that, that the Varsity Club? Yeah, that's right. They really hammer down on that whole background, don't they? Mm. Uh, I mean, during this, the, the baby faces are. I mean, it's very. I suppose with regards to a tag team match, that's not given much time. It's very paint by numbers, but I think they do it quite well because the amount of heat they get. The, the 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 US Express being the hometown boys are obviously cheered wildly. You know, Sheik and Volkov are despised and booed insanely. Um, there's a there's a moment when the Sheik gets on the microphone after Nikola uh, sings the Russian anthem. Oh yes, and he says, <laughs> "Russia number one, Iran number one, USA," and then spits on the floor. And the fucking crowd, if if they could have, they would have they would have murdered him. They would have murdered yeah. him. They were fuming. That's heat. That is heat. Ah. Uh, there's lots of quick tags back and forth from the babyface team early on. And mm-hmm. again, it, they look like a team that's been around for a while and are established. Uh, you know, I, I suppose the terms tag team specialists, they did come into the WWF at this point as a team because they were working initially in uh, Florida as a tag team for a while, held their version of the US championships on and off for, for a period. So, they were, you know, and obviously their family as well. So they're very familiar with each other. But yeah, the, t- the quick tags back and forth, you know, it worked well for them. The crowd kept the crowd on their feet and so on. Before uh, Rotunda ends up getting nailed by one of those spiky, odd-looking loaded The nose feet. pickers. The yeah, nose, the nose picker, picker boot. boot from the Iron Sheik. Uh, we get a high back body drop then from the Sheik as well, don't we? Very, very high. I mean, Rotunda came down with snow on his boots, I think. It was that high, you know? <laughs> And then again, we get another one of those amazing gut wrench suplex. Yes. Yeah, really good. Really good. Uh, Rotundo does get his own back, I suppose, to a degree with a vertical suplex that looked like he wanted to sort of hold it for a bit and have a delay, but that it kind of didn't quite work out and they went yeah. down, didn't they? Yeah. Um, that was a, a, essentially was reversing an attempt by the Sheik to do, to do the mm. suplex. But yeah, I think it was a. Uh, it did look as if it was very, maybe he just lost balance or because uh, uh, Iron Sheik is, is quite a, a chunky little bloke. Um, he just, the, the, the weight uh, differential uh, was a factor, but yeah, it did look like he almost dropped Iron Sheik on his neck. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, a tag can't be made at that point, though, because you know Volkov gets in the ring and prevents the tag. Um, we have an abdominal stretch by 
the Iron Sheik on Rotunda as well before we get the standard, I suppose, babyface hip toss escape from that. And that's when we do get the hot tag. Wyndham's in, throwing lots of punches. The crowd pop for this big time because yeah, they've been playing tag to be made. And Wyndham does what a babyface in that spot needs to do. He, he He's very aggressive. There's lots of punches being thrown. There's a drop kick. There's a bulldog and so on. And that's kind of where we get to the finish, where everyone gets in the ring. It's all a bit chaotic. It's all a bit, you know, the referee's lost control of what's going on. And the Sheik gets hold of Freddie Blassie's cane and just waffles Barry Wyndham with it. And he gets pinned by Volkoff, and that's the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the... the... The the end comes so quickly again, kind of like the, yeah. the the first match. Uh, they wrap it up pretty quickly, um, but it was it was a classic tag team wrestling. I mean, over the last couple of weeks, we've watched some in terms of technical skill, very basic matches. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was was really really entertaining. But, uh, even though it was so short, I think this could have probably gone a lot longer. Um, I've got to give props to um, uh, Matt Rotunda and, and and Barry. Um, the 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 segment where uh, Matt was the the baby face in peril, I think they did that really really well. Yeah. And then, like you said, the the crowd absolutely went ballistic when Barry Windham got that hot tag. Uh, he hits a bulldog like nobody else. He he. Almost slams his opponent's head yeah. into the floor, um, and then yeah, the, the finish just comes so quickly. There's a the the referee being distracted. Um, Aishi grabs the cane, and like I said, he just fucking rattles. That is concussion if I've yeah. ever seen it. Waffles and then he has the he has the 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 ring general uh, mindset to get rid of the evidence uh, and like throws all the bits of the cane on the floor. So he doesn't get caught because the ref didn't catch him. Nope. There we go. There we go. Um, Wyndham and Rotunda would go on to reclaim the tag team titles in June or July kind of time on a TV taping. And then they would then drop it, oddly enough, considering the conversation we had earlier, to the supposed dream team, which was actually Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake. And then we get into the era of the British Bulldogs and WrestleMania 2 and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, tag wrestling in that era, going into the mid to late 80s, the, the Rougeos, the Hart Foundation, really off to the races and Window mm-hmm. and Rotunda went back to Crockett and Florida and so on. But yeah, there we go. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, like, the, like the previous match, it was, uh, it was incredibly short I, I i would have liked to have a little bit longer perhaps yeah um but what there is there it's very very enjoyable it's it's good classic tag team wrestling yes and yeah I, i'm always going to be um biased towards tag team wrestling i think it's uh an, an amazing uh way to to tell a simple story and yeah i, I can hardly fault this match um so again i'm gonna give this uh, an easy six yeah i got i got six again i got six again. i enjoyed it just as much as the first one uh but don't think it warrants being rated much higher when you look at matches that we've given a seven and eight <laughs> and so on the crowd are wild for it everyone plays their role perfectly you know the baby faces are easy to cheer for the heels make it easy to hate them it's great stuff it's great stuff dan griffin in the chat that match ended quicker than size night after that beer fart 
Mm. There we go. <laughs> so there we go. Sixes all round. Mm. Very and middle of the road. Yeah, and a little snippet from history. And again, it, the amount of time it takes people to go back and watch these matches, you can fit them both into quarter of an hour. It's worth going back and just having a little look. It's WrestleMania 1. It's a different era. And again, the Hogan match as well. It's worth checking out just from a history standpoint, I think. Yeah, and just absolutely. seeing the crowd reaction to what these guys did is just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's awesome. Yeah, I agree. So, Magsy, where do you want to go next week? Okay, so um, all day I had one match in mind. Uh, I wanted to go back to to see the Ain Sheik win the the gimmick battle royal. Oh, why? But then watching the matches and thinking about how important these matches were, or especially the first match, how important they were to the landscape of wrestling. I feel that sometimes we we watch ridiculous wrestling and point and laugh at it, or we watch amazing technical wrestling uh, just to be in awe of the talent of these wrestlers. Okay. And sometimes we, we kind of like, we miss out on important wrestling matches. And I think there's one important wrestling match that we've never, or to my knowledge, and my knowledge may be skewed. We have never covered. And, it's arguably the most important match in wrestling. I want to go, and the link is uh, Hulk Hogan. I want to go to WrestleMania three and watch the ultimate challenge of Hogan versus Andre the Giant. That is that is a great show. As you were explaining where you were going, I kind of guessed, and I thought, yeah, that is. And it, it, it's so much to talk about with regards to that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Hogan's lies since that day. <laughs> <laughs> the crime. Enough, just to go off on a tangent, I, re- I remembered when we were watching this, and I, I was thinking about going for the, the Hogan and Andre match. Just about the, the, the time I put Hogan in the Hall of Lame for his Billy Bullshitting. And uh, a YouTube video came up on my um, feed of Hogan's Lies. So I thought, I'll just have that on in the background uh, just to refresh <laughs> the bullshit okay. that comes out of that guy's mouth. The, the time he was, uh, he, w- he claimed he was going to be in, the me- in Metallica, for instance, or yes. when Andre the Giant broke every rib in his body and they wrecked every, mus- every uh, muscle in his back or the time he wrestled 400 days out of 365, that kind of bullshit. In this video that I I listened to, there was even more lies that I'd never even heard of before. So there is potentially Hulk Hogan is a lying bastard, number two coming up. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. (laughs) I I loved all of that. But again, this, you know, biggest crowd going in a wrestling event. For, for many years after as well I guess not just in the build up to this yes, you know, so think, much to- I think um, it's it's now the second highest attended Wrestlemania behind is it Wrestlemania 32 
Okay. Say. Yeah. Now, 93,000 allegedly. Yeah, that's not accurate, but we can yeah. get into that, that as well. More like 80, but yeah. Yeah, we can get into that as well, can't we? So much, and again, so important. The in-ring action is irrelevant. It's so important mm-hmm. to the history yeah. of the business. Yeah. That's a great show, Maxi. But I have to put something up against it. And you'll win, because I think you've won like five in a row now, something like that. I don't that. think I've won that many in a row, but uh, no. I, I've, I wanted to look at, you know, links away from, you know, this kind of era, because we've covered a few older matches now with, with some Wyndham stuff and, and all that sort of stuff, and all that, haven't we? So I was like, Let's, I want to do something a bit different, something we haven't done a lot of. So I thought, who haven't we seen much of that I could link to? And I'm looking at Wyndham, I'm looking at Rotunda, I'm looking at Volkov, and I think, oh, I don't really know. I looked at the Sheik and I thought, huh, no, hang on, his name's Iron Sheik. But there was the Sheik, wasn't there? So the name I'm going to use as a link. So Iron Sheik, the Sheik. The the uncle of Sabu, that Sheik. And that's where I'm going. like to look at a Sabu match okay. yeah it turned up it's topical as well it turned up an AEW recently so I'd like to look for at absolutely Sabu no match. reason yes exactly it was random wasn't it but I got to kick out <laughs> yeah. it but so I did what I normally do and I just googled best Sabu matches I, my mind's made that whole notch bit of Sabu so if best Sabu not, match if it's not Terry Funk versus Sabu and um, I'll be bitterly disappointed well it's it's actually something stood out to me because of conversations you and me have had on this very show in the last maybe month I don't remember I would like to go using Sabu as the link I would like to go to ECW Heatwave 1998 and uh, it's a tag team match and we have Iron, uh, sorry, not the Iron Sheik, owner. We have Sabu and RVD taking on Hayabusa. And I apologize if I butcher that name. And somebody named, sorry? Hayabusa. Okay, Hayabusa. And his tag team partner, Jinzai Shinzaki. And the reason we have had conversations that sort of inspired me to pick this match above anything else is that that guy, Jinzai Shinzaki, is Hakushi from the WWF that was covered in all the tattoos, who every time we've seen him in, in any clips from that era, I've gone, man, I want to see more of that guy. He looks really good. So I thought, there's my chance. So that's the link I would like to go with. ECW Heatwave 98, RVD and Sabu versus Hayabusa and, well, Hakushi. Hakushi. So there we go. Those are your options for next week. We have a, well... I was going to say a historic contest, maybe the most historic contest of all time. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's debatable. I think mm. this match is massively important to the the landscape of wrestling. Even now, wrestling wouldn't be where it is without a WrestleMania yeah. 3 and Hogan versus Andre the Giant. You are 100% correct. So yes, main event of WrestleMania 3, Hogan versus Andre the Giant for the WWF title 
90,000 people in the dome and all that stuff. Or ECW Heatwave, uh, Sabu RVD versus Hayabusa and Hakushi. Your poll will be up slightly earlier this week, which then means it will close slightly earlier this week. Purely because I can't get the time off work to stay up and watch Forbidden Door. So I need to do all my prep Sunday night so I can watch Forbidden Door before we go live next week. So there we go. (laughs) Keep your eyes peeled also to all of our social medias for uh, our non-wrestling topic and all the rest of that good stuff. And also, hugely important, I've been pushing it as much as I can on social media. And I want everyone to share away, speak to their friends, their family, whatever. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Our numbers have gone up slowly, slowly, slowly. And now I want them to go quicker, quicker, quicker. So yeah. get those subscriptions in, uh, especially with regards to how much live content the network now has. We have gaming junkies you know, every other Sunday, Benny Mac and Jack, they're talking about the world of gaming on a Sunday afternoon live for you to listen to. You can interact with them now, talk about all sorts of gaming consoles and so on. We've got the football coverage that Matt Lewis and all the wonderful people who are involved in that. Mr. Mags may make an appearance as well, which I really hope that does happen at some point. Uh, Dan Griffin, Connor, all these wonderful people who are involved in that as well. Uh, Obviously, Chain Wrestling Live as well. In the corner, bringing you live WWE content every single week also. More and more live stuff all the time. Get your subscriptions in and make sure you're telling all your friends and family too as well. It really does help us out. Magsy, should we dive through the chat before we depart? Uh, No, fuck them. Um... No, okay. we, we should. Yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scottish Danny, typical Hogan for fuck's sake. Yep, absolutely. Um, says um, the day on this match changes on some Hulk Hogan DVDs. He says it happened on January the 24th, some January the 23rd. Yeah, but this is Hogan who said he wrestled Andre the Giant and then three days later, Andre was dead which is uh, yeah. absolutely Billy Bullshit. Scott Stanley also yeah. says, yeah, and he'd also wrestled at other WrestleManias after that. Um, but uh, an argument could be made that uh, the Sheik was uh, Hogan's greatest rival. Um, yeah, I mean, hmm. okay, Hogan, m- maybe Papa could be in that mix. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. But, uh, because he, he, he did stick with a very small group of of mm. that opponents, didn't they? So I'd have to, I think, throw Savage into that discussion for WrestleMania Five. That year-long storyline and, yeah. and build up yeah. between that—that's potential there. But I, I mean, that's something. If if WrestleMania Three wins the poll, Andre was a massive rival of Hogan's too. The fantastic mm-hmm. story that wins that match. Maybe that's something we can touch upon, Magsy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, King's Pigs Butter says. Uh, he agrees with Danny, which, yeah, I mean, it's definitely okay. an argument to be made. Uh, Dan Griffin, <laughs> Mount Rushmore talent, Lou Albano, according to Tolly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dan Griffin says they were fucking liars. Yeah, they were. <laughs> absolutely, they were liars. Um, that match ended quicker than Sars now after the beer fart gimmick battle royal. Yeah, but I was all day, I was going, yeah, we're going for the gimmick battle royal. Uh, and the reason why she, uh, Iron Sheet won that was because uh, no one wanted to eliminate him. And it's just, I mean, how do you eliminate the Iron Sheet? He, he was the greatest at that time. Um, he couldn't go over the top rope, could he? Because of his yeah. hips and his back or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Dan says uh, this poll deserves a 50-50. Uh, <laughs> Hogan's greatest rival is the truth. In fact, one his greatest rival is probably now Bubba the Love Sponge after he yeah. passed his missus. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. He's got a lot of rivals, I think. You know? <laughs> the truth. Yeah, the, the, the pro wrestling scene, um, black people. Uh, yeah, he's, he's just—he's got a lot of rivals. <laughs> oh, dear me! Uh, and on that note, we should depart. I feel, uh, Magzi. Where can people find you and your chickens online? You can find me online on TikTok, where I give daily, not so much updates, but I mean, there are sometimes updates. Uh, but I check in every day with the chickens and put on funky little TikTok videos. Uh, for for example, this morning's was one of the chickens outsmarting the rest of the chickens by not eating out of the chicken food trough, but getting the bowl and getting all the food to itself, which was brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can follow me on TikTok at Podfather Mags. All right, I do have Twitter, but I don't use it. That's Pod. Father Mags, I think. It is. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. yeah. I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything I'm involved in, as always, you can find via the network that carries this show. So that's at SJP World Media on Facebook, Twitter, and all that stuff, and all your podcast players, platforms, and providers. Chuck it all to follow. There's so much on there, and more shows coming all the time covering mm-hmm. TV, football, wrestling. Oh, oh, there's so much I can't even list it because we'd be here till this time next week. So there we go. Uh, but most importantly, you can find this show, the rest of the CWF, our non-wrestling topic, and our weekly polls on Facebook and Twitter. Well, Twitter's where you find the polls and all that sort of stuff. But you can find us on Facebook also at Chain underscore Wrestling. That's at Chain underscore Wrestling on all of that good stuff magsy i'm off now to use my very ropey editing skills to impose the theme real american on every entrance barry windham ever made for my own personal collection i'll see you next week my friend that seems very futile Sheik, and you don't want to shake out to the sheik. Sheik suplex you, put you in the camel clutch, break your fat, and make you humble.
Hey, still listening? Well, fair play to you. Episode 120. A few weeks back, we gave the first number. If you're still listening, here's the second. 13. 1 3. 13. Love you, CWF.